0: Whenever you need sports, sports conference, tune in to the Nosebleed Seats.
1: That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight.
0: Join Zach wolfjack Zach Babb, and Eric Giafalo as they take you through the top stories of the week and beyond. I don't know who the hell that is. It's time for the Nosebleed Seats. There's not much that gets me
1: more fired up. It's about that time for some Nosebleed Seats to show everyone can afford to listen to. It's episode 21. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab, Episode 21.
2: Ooh,
1: shout out to... For a top 10 player in the National Football League.
2: Yeah, shout out to Deion Sanders, man. 21. Oh. Big time.
1: I was thinking Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Zeke Woo! too. Yeah, Zeke too. But primetime's pretty good too. There was a lot of good 21s back in the day. And, I was kicking And currently it. today.
2: I was kicking it with 21 Sean this Taylor, weekend. RIP. Oh, yeah, RIP to my boy. It's all about the U. Best safety, maybe, maybe, a of all time? maybe a special show. It is maybe, maybe. Nah, not the best safety. Of not all time. of all time. No, no, no. I want to the go there. Most intimidating. Absolutely, top three,
1: top four. Absolutely, hitters. Yeah, certainly. For sure. He was an all-around stud, but unfortunately, the career just didn't last long Love enough. Love me some Shawnee T. Yeah, it's tough. Had the upside to have been the best. No question. I would say that. I think that's the best way to put it phenomenal. How's everybody doing? We've got a jam-packed show. We're talking NBA. We're recapping the draft. There's a lot of rumors going around. We'll have Nick Nepic on to decompress about that. Lafar Ball, oh my gosh, just a food fest, cornucopious amount of audio from him. He's Love jumping on guy. Raw.
2: Just he's, amazing.
1: The night of the draft, he's got great stuff. We'll do quick puck. A lot's happened in the NHL mm. with the NHL draft and I the NHL expansion draft with the Vegas Golden Knights.
2: I'm ready for that.
1: We'll talk NFL. I don't know if you guys know, I don't know how much you care. I know Eric doesn't care that much, but I think it creates fun conversation. The NFL Top 100, Top 10 was released. Mm -hmm. We talked about this is Episode 21 for the Dallas Cowboys' own Ezekiel Elliott. We'll talk a lot of Zeke today. Good news for Zeke? Good news for Zeke. All right. And, of course, there's always UFC stuff to talk about, movie news to talk about. I got some new Conor McGregor audio. His coach on the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani. We'll hear from him, Coach Kavanaugh.
2: Somebody crapped in the ring.
1: Somebody crapped themselves. It and happens. we love anytime we can talk poo, we're talking it here on Nosebleed Seeds Podcast. And we'll get weird with Wolchuk. But first and foremost,
2: guys, how you doing since the last time we talked? Well, last time we talked, we were at the Dirk Charity baseball game. Yes, we were. Saturday evening. You and I, you were in attendance. I was working as a professional in the radio broadcasting you industry. ended up living the freaking dream that absolute afternoon. dream night for me i was supposed to just go there and set it up for probably seven bucks an hour turns out i made seven bucks an hour to go down on on the field and be a runner is what they call it having a mic and whoever needs a mic for the pa to be talking this or that ben and skin needed it the pa guy, whatever it was i was the guy to go hand him the mic so i got to chill out by the dugout of each team i mean you're talking about dirk nowitzki all, I mean, the, the best Cowboys players, Dak Prescott, I'm chilling by Des Bryant, Ezekiel Elliott, we're going to get to him later. Seth but Curry. Seth Curry, Harrison Barnes, Donnie Nelson, Rick Carlisle, Tyron Smith, who, by the way, Petrullia. yeah, just an endless amount of awesome people to be around, P- probably the best day of my life, I can't think of a better Andy one. Andy Roddick, Michael Young, yeah, he's Chris Harris so sexy Jr. that Andy Roddick especially with a bat in his hands. Zeke, Dak, and Dez. I know you said Dez, but Dez can't get enough likes. And Andy got the MVP. Andy did. He did so get MVP. So he was MVP. doing it big. Ezekiel Elliott had a good time. It was just a lot of fun being around them, just in a fun environment, doing it for charity. So it was, all, it was all fantastic. But Tyron Smith, quite potentially, just the most unbelievable specimen to look at that I've ever seen in person. I mean, you're talking every bit of 6'5". He's 300 plus pounds, but when you look at him, he looks like a defensive end, like especially from a distance. He looks so lean, like he's 300, he's 600 pounds, or I mean, he's 6'5", 300 some pounds, and he looks lean as can be he like looks like he should be
1: greek gladiator looks
2: like he should be a defensive end and you're like dude you're the offensive lineman like this is insane he's the best left tackle in football he looked beautiful out there and the bat looked so small in his hands like a little stick like a little straw yeah it was fun. it was just it was great to watch him play and just to watch these guys out of their real element playing a sport like ath- athletes looking almost unathletic Dirk at times
1: playing first base it was great it's
2: probably the greatest thing i've
1: ever seen in my life his seven-foot frame, yeah, having to lunge over first to try and catch a low ball that Dak Prescott's thrown to him playing second base or whoever the hell was on third. They had rotating lineups coming. It was fun. And I, Zach and Decker are chasing each other and, and jumping on each yeah, other. Yeah, it was chance just a play full time.
2: They were on opposite teams, so they were kind of getting competitive with it. And it was just a really fun time. I got—I actually ended up getting my picture with Dirk. You remember he I came did. to the fan I, I, I kind of chickened out on the picture there. Well, this time he came up. He stood up next to me at the dugout at one point. We're on the third baseline watching the game. He comes and stands right next to me. I get it. We're boys. We, we had a bathroom moment together. Gave him a hug and a kiss. We go way back. So I'm like, Dirk, bro, let's cop a pick together. He was like, yeah, here, text that to me Cop later. a what? Cop a pick. Mm. It's a little selfie. So I got that. It was good. Uh, I got some pics of Harrison Barnes, Seth Curry. By the way, a cool little thing. I didn't get to hear details, but it's just cool to even know that this was happening. So I'm standing there in the dugout, or actually next to the dugout, and Donnie Nelson, GM of the Dallas Mavericks, standing there next to Harrison Barnes, who is, I guess, the the superstar to be for Dallas right now, like their best player for sure. I would say so. Free agency, NBA free agency is right around the corner. The draft just happened, and you could tell Donnie Nelson and Harrison Barnes are standing there you know, talking shop, talking strategy. I could hear players' names getting floating around. Donnie oh. just kinda just kinda letting them know, hey, you know, we're this is kinda just almost seemed like tentative. This is kind of where we're laying out the plans here. But again, we're standing in the dugout, it's loud, F- fans are cheering. There's a game going it's a packed on. House. I'm it not trying to, I didn't want to get too in there and look like I'm eavesdropping, so I had to like be you casual. You should have gotten
1: sat right down. I know. I should have just put a them.
2: mic right there and recorded them and said, What you think? What's going on? What's the plan? What's the move? Donnie, give it to your boy. Right now. But him and Harry Harrison Barnes were in there, and they were just going back and forth on some of the plans. It's just cool to be there in a moment where, hey, listen, that kind of stuff happens. You know what I'm saying? The GM of a team is talking to his best player, letting him know, hey, you know, next week's free agency. This is kind of what I'm thinking. We got this guy, that guy, hopefully plan A, plan B. And I could just in and out. Couldn't hear anything for, Like, like for sure. I can't bring any heartbreaking news here. But I could just tell him and Harrison, were chopping it up, discussing the plans that are about to come this weekend when free agency kicks off. It's coming
1: soon, and we're going to get into all of that. And it's true. You've got to make the most of your time together. Harrison Barnes flew in, didn't even know it was a last-minute thing if he'd be in town. So who knows how much he's in Dallas in the offseason. Him and Donnie have hectic schedules. When you're together in that environment, you got to get together. Like, exactly. Right, now we're on the same page, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, I mean, so who knows? kind of look at the life of these yes, players. Yes, see
2: how this kind of stuff goes down. And like you said, who knows when the last time Barnes and Donnie really got a chance to chat with each other, probably since, you know, one of the last games of the season, the last couple of days when the season ended. And then, you know, these players go enjoy themselves for the summer. They train by themselves. They're in and out of their, you know, their home or where they play uh actually professionally but they're you know they're in and out and enjoying themselves so who knows how much they've conversed with each other and it was just cool to be there and know that that kind of stuff takes place and i was having the time of my life so yeah you asked me how i'm doing i'm doing great the weekend was fun and what a time what a time to be alive that's right right that's what they say that's what they that's say what the kids say these days they're cool kids
1: yeah, it was fun. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is his hero. Celebrity game. It's been something that's been going on back to Mike Madonna when Mike Madonna retired with the Dallas Stars. He passed it on to Dirk, and when Dirk retires, if I had to guess, I think Dak Prescott's going to take it over. I think he's next in line of the Dallas. I celebrity heard rumors hierarchy. of that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely. I could the- see Dak kind of taking over as the main face of the Heroes game.
2: Well, he's definitely going to be the next face of the city in terms of athletes. We so hope so. The face of the sports figure, or yeah, you would assume Lee, so. But
1: Ezekiel Elliott's right up there. Zeke's right there. Zeke's right there. For sure. the quarterback just gets exactly, a little bit more Exactly. The quarterback
2: of the, always gets more love. The
1: chutzpah, baby.
2: Exactly what he said. So <laughs> so Dak's the man, and maybe he will take it over. Hopefully he does because Dirk's really only committed to doing this charity event like he's been doing for oh, a decade now, if not more. Yeah. Um, and he's only committed to doing it for as long as he's actually playing. And right now we only can guarantee one more year out of Dirk. I think it's going to be two for sure. Okay, I you're think, going two for sure. Well, wow. they recently
1: came out and said we're not picking up the player option on this year, and they're going to do a new contract. And I've heard rumors from what I read that the new contract will probably be a two-year deal. Gotcha. And I think if he signs two years, that means he's probably leaning towards fulfilling those two years.
2: Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, anything can happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dirk played two more years, especially if Dallas kind of this year we saw, and we'll get to it with Nick, but they drafted quite a player. Maybe that can propel them into developing... You know, into a decent team and maybe after next off season we're looking at the Mavs as being a solid team and Dirk being a guy who can come off the bench and compete for a championship and that might be enough to keep him around. So I could see that. But either way, we don't have much more time left in Dallas with Dirk playing in a Mavericks uniform, which means we may not have the Dirk Charity celebrity heroes game, however you say it. Uh, in Frisco anymore, or for at least not that many more times. So if Dak takes it over, it'd be great, great for the city, and that probably just means even more Dallas Cowboys players going out there to support the cause.
1: Everybody's—it It is amazing the names that Dirk Nowitzki is able to draw. So it adds pressure. Dak, it's not an easy job. You better get schmoozing out there with the celebrities Listen, and the Listen, I don't think the,
2: the Cowboys starting quarterback, who's a hell of a player and on more than likely a hell of a team, uh, is going to have any problem bringing athletes you wouldn't think so. and stars. But Dirk's done to the city. a
1: phenomenal job regardless. Let's hear who the Mavericks took, though. At, at pick number nine, it kind of fell into place how a lot of Maverick fans predicted and thought maybe it would. With the Mavericks on the clock at number nine, they go ahead and made a new addition to run point for this team.
2: With the second pick in the 2017 NBA draft,
0: that's not the right pick.
1: That's the Lonzo Ball selection.
0: Wow, you, you're going out of order on your
2: cuts here, well, sir. Well, we
1: were talking about that. Doesn't matter. This
2: is really good. <sighs> Gosh, dang it, Bab. Yeah. Yes. You know how I'm just happy for we're cutting this all out. this. Mark this. I'm happy for the listeners. Why? That's who I'm happy for. I'm not because they really just get to enjoy this moment. That's true too. I hope you feel how facetious I'm being right now. It's cut three. Oh my goodness. With the ninth pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Dennis Smith Jr. from North
3: Carolina State University.
1: And when you think about it now, the Mavericks have added a good amount of lottery talent to the team. You draft Dennis Smith Jr. at nine, and then you got Harrison Barnes, who you signed last last offseason, a team that just a short period ago was old and really had no vision for the future. All of a sudden now... It's pretty darn young, and has some good pieces to build moving forward. Well, I it's was watching. Exciting. I
2: was watching the game with my uh, with my really really good friend Hayden, and he's what a game? Huge, what game were you? Watching? Or not the game? Excuse me, the draft. Oh, the draft. And he was super super excited. He was chubbing way hard for Davis Jr. He's Smith a huge Jr. Mavs fan. Yeah, huge Mavs fan. And I'm thinking if that's the pulse of Mavs Nation right now, if I can take that pulse from Hayden. And and you're a Mavs fan yourself, Walchick. I think everybody was pretty thrilled they got an athletic guy. Especially when you turn on the highlight reel, he's a guy that just jumps off the screen. People compare him athletically, probably not quite too, but in the neighborhood he can of Russell jump Westbrook. Out the gym. It's he's, like 40, he's an athletic 40, freak. like four or 45 or maybe that sounds even more. right like that maybe even right. more than that I'm not like I wouldn't even put it past it might have been 48 inches I think uh, 44 or 48 yeah I think it was something like something that. ridiculous either way he is from outer space and now he's playing for the Dallas Mavericks so great for them and they needed the Mavericks needed a point guard very very badly and coming into the season if it weren't for the fact that
1: NC State really stunk and he is rumored to have a, be a little bit of a hothead at times, but I, I don't think Rick what, Carlisle is he 19 he's young, he's a young kid. Yeah, and Rick Carlisle, I think, is a good guy to mentor young players. I know he doesn't like doing it. He's he's always been a coach who likes to have veterans. He doesn't like having to deal with That's young true. guys. But I think he recognizes the direction this team is heading. Dennis Smith Jr. is a really critical piece to be successful here. I think Carlisle, if he has to, which he does now, will be able to be a good guiding influence, and so will Dirk. You know, Dirk's at the point in his career now where he's ready to kind of, I think him and Harrison Barnes have a special relationship because Barnes earned his respect. If Dennis Smith Jr. can come in, work hard right away, prove to these guys, hey, I'm here and I'm legitimate. It sounded like he said good things in his post-game remarks, post-draft remarks, I should say, at his press conference. I'm excited, man. Talent-wise, he could have been the third overall pick of this draft if it weren't for the team stinking, him sliding a bit, and some of the -the off-the-court stuff. But the Mavericks seem to be very comfortable with it all.
2: Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for just this draft, how good it was, and we've been talking about it for months now, how deep relatively compared to the last, I mean, at least five or six NBA drafts or whatever it is. I mean, this is a deep draft, so there was nine or ten guys that could potentially be studs. We'll see who ends up being them, but he was one of them, and it was just a matter of, You like him better than a couple of these other guys. Everybody's really good. You're going to, whoever you pick, you're going to get a good player. I think if he went top five, top six, top seven, no one would have batted an eye because he's a hell of a player. And if someone likes him that much, great. Mavs got themselves a guy. I think they definitely got a steal because any other draft that's kind of your normal, typical NBA draft, he's probably pretty much guaranteed a top five pick. So the fact that you got him at the number nine spot, it's very it's incredible exciting. value. And it is exciting. And mm-hmm. I think you, you make a good point with Rick Carlisle. He doesn't love the young players, but he he's known to be a little bit hard on them. But one side note uh, that is good for Dennis Smith Jr. from something I read is there's some assistant coach that is on the Mavs right now that is also is like a former high school or college coach of Dennis Smith Jr., So he goes way back with them. So we will have a guy on the staff that is kind of in his court that he can go vent to. He can go, you know, chop it up with and have somebody that he knows is in his corner that he goes way back with when maybe Rick Carlisle is being kind of a jerky I don't like you cuz you're a young player type of coach in a moment. So, I think that's a good thing that set up for Dennis Smith. And from what I hear, I mean, and and from the way I saw, listen, I was around Donnie Nelson the other night. But he was as chipper as can be. I oh, heard I'm him. Sure he is. People is are high-fiving, great draft. I even gave him a a hand pound cuz that's what we do here. I wanted to give him a hug, but he was sweaty and uh he didn't want right to go right in there. No, you you I got you gotta to be like, me. look, didn't we're, stop this is the real deal him. time, man. Yeah. No, you no, you got to just fault. go in for the clinch. I should have but I definitely gave him a hand pound, said great draft. He was thrilled. He was excited. And again, he was chopping it up with Harrison Barnes talking about the Mavs' plan. So hopefully they got some good stuff in store. But they definitely had a good draft, good player. I think they should be excited. And again, you have a former high school coach of the guy that you selected at number 9 on your coaching staff, so they know probably they know Dennis Smith Jr. better than any other NBA team did. Overall, the draft went pretty much as expected. Markel Fultz went 1, you had... Well, the Lonzo, big trade, the big trade to, Jimmy Butler. There was the a big trade with
1: Jimmy Butler, yes, to the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves are looking really good now. But overall, it went pretty much how, how Nick Nepic told us it would when he was on last week. Not a ton of surprises, but joining us now to talk about it all and tell us how Dennis Smith Jr., the newest Dallas Maverick, will fit in with his new team, is 105.3 The Fan's Own, big friend of the show. We love him dearly. Welcome back into the sheets, baby, in the safe space. Nick Nepic, ladies and gentlemen. How's it going, guys? It's going, buddy. It's going. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Just uh, hanging out, having a cup of coffee here on a, uh, what's today, Tuesday. It's a
1: Tuesday night. You love your coffee. That's like when Nick's in heaven is when he's got a good cup of Joe in front of him. I thought he said cocktails. You said cocktails or
3: coffee? Coffee. Yeah, I'm a big big coffee guy. Two cups in the morning at least, and then uh, always one in the evening.
2: Wow, so your bowel movements must be pretty consistent, huh?
3: Very regular.
2: Wow, good for you. Healthy guy. Is it a loose stool? Uh,
3: Normal. Healthy, I would say.
1: Healthy. That's good to know. So, Nick, we've just been singing the praises of the Dallas Mavericks' newest addition, Dennis Smith Jr., a lot of upside here. Is it – and I know you're a fan of the team too, but you've done a really good job. You killed it last week, Thursday night, with the draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan – as a fan, we can kind of start to hone in and be like a little too, oh, we're uplifting this pick. Maybe it's not that great. and We overrated a bit. But I'm freaking excited, dude. Is that is that legit? Is this player for real? Or are we overhyping him just because he's new and fresh and we just want something to be excited about as fans?
3: I think that's definitely justified. Um, I think he's going to come in and have an impact right away, that kind of guy. So you're going to be able to see the fruits of, of the, the lottery pick, unlike – if they would have taken Frank Aquino where you might have had to wait, you know, a season or a season and a half or whatever for him to develop. Dennis Smith Jr. will come in, and I think he could get 12 to 15 to 17 points a game. I mean, you put him in the pick and roll with all that space, and uh, he's going to have plenty of room to attack. I think it's the excitement is definitely justified with the uh, guys that they took, and I'm definitely excited as well.
1: So Markel Fultz goes number 1 to the Sixers, not a surprise Lonzo Ball does go two to the Lakers. I mean, everything kind of fell how you thought it would be. Lori Markkinen, though, going at seven, and then Frank Nielakina at eight. Was that kind of in the top ten, the thing that stuck out the most to you, is uncertainty going in, and then when the picks were made, you are like, oh, okay, this is now falling nicely for the Mavericks.
3: Yeah, definitely that number seven, Laurie Markkinen to the Bulls in that trade. First of all, the Bulls, I don't really know what they're doing. They kind of gave up almost nothing Or They got almost nothing back, I should say, to give up their superstar in a league that's built around superstars. You need at least a guy that can go win you games, and they have that in Jimmy Butler. But they not only give him up, they gave up that number 16 pick to take Laurie Markkinen, which I like Markkinen. I think he's a fine player. I think he'll have a long, good NBA career. But I don't think he's number seven pick worthy. I mean, he's a, he's a jump shooter, and that's about it. Uh, he'll need to improve a lot of different things. So that was the biggest surprise. And Neil Aquina at eight, while it might have been a little high, the Knicks, I know, you know, Phil Jackson really likes big point guards and guys that can run the triangle, and Neil Akina is that. So not too surprising there. But the Laurie Markinen pick really helped out the Mavericks in, in getting their guy Dennis Smith Jr.
2: What about for my heat, Nick? Uh, did we make a mistake? I mean, what did you? What were your initial thoughts when you saw us draft Bam, whatever his last name is, from Kentucky?
3: Oh, Bam Adebayo. You need to learn that, Eric. Thank I'm you. You are. He you
1: looks like an athletic freak to me, like one of those dudes. If you wanted yeah. to play tight end in the NFL, he could do it. Can't shoot.
3: Yeah, yeah, he can. Uh, he can. He's gonna be a guy that's gonna catch you some lob dunks. I mean, he's gonna run to the rim. He can run the floor. He's not a shooter. Eric mentioned that, but. One thing the Heat, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but one thing the Heat seem like they always have done is take the best available player and then develop that player. Not really worry about fit. Yeah, that's fair. And there are teams, they play Hassan Whiteside, like that one center, and Bam doesn't really spread the floor. So if you're taking a backup center or a guy that you want to play at the center with the number 14 pick in the draft – that seems a little bit uh, questionable, but they must like what they see in him because if you take him one over 14, you better. But Bam's a good player. I think he's going to defend well. He's already got a pretty NBA-ready body for a 19-year-old, and he's only going to fill out more. He's an energy guy. He's a guy that's going to you know catch lobs. He's going to you know block some shots, at least alter some shots at the rim. He's a nice player, but at 14, slightly surprising, especially if he's just going to be a backup center. But as far as did the Heat make a mistake? I won't I won't say that, but let's wait a few years and, and we'll make that final call. But a little surprising nonetheless.
1: Lonzo Ball going to the Lakers. Now that that's official, uh, we can screw the LeVar Ball stuff. Let's just talk X's and O's here. Do you think he's a good fit to the Lakers at two? We know you're a false guy. You've made that clear. You think he can be really good with the Sixers. Do you think Lonzo Ball will be successful with the Lakers with their team constructed now, not with the Paul George situation looming?
3: Yeah, I was, you know, with D'Angelo Russell playing the point guard, or excuse me, the two guard, and Lonzo at the point guard, I would have really liked it. Now I think it hinges on can they get Paul George, and I think ultimately they would like LeBron James. Can they get guys around Lonzo that he can distribute to? Because that's when Lonzo is the most successful. You know, at UCLA, he looked so good because he had guys that could space the floor. He had shooters around him that he could find he had guys that could run in transition but as of now the lakers are you know brandon ingram lonzo ball how much do you value julius Randle? there's not a lot there i guess you know nick young and and he's gone i I believe too so there's not a lot there so i think it'll be interesting to see what lonzo can do with not much talent around him he's always been surrounded by talent he played in a great high school team a great college team so on a team with not a lot of talent Um, let's see what Lonzo can do as far as distributing the ball, running the break. Let's see if he scores at all in the NBA. I think it's a fine pick. I think he could be a really good player, but I think also he could really struggle. Um, And that's not even including whether or not, you know, players will put a big target on his back because of his dad. I don't think they will, but, you know, some guys might. So we'll we'll see what Lonzo can do as far as this season. But I think long-term he could be really good. You're just going to have to put pieces around him.
1: Nick Nebig on the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chia, follow Jason Tatum. Your Dookie. He ends up going to the Celtics at three. This is a team prime and ready to succeed if they can make some offseason adjustments and and bring some guys in. Do you love that for Jason Tatum? Is that potentially a perfect fit for him there in Boston?
3: I, I like it a lot. The 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 Celtics really didn't have uh, you know a secondary option as far as a go to type score. You know Isaiah Thomas really had to carry them. And Jason Tatum brings them that right away. There were rumors that he would be involved in a trade uh, on draft night. I don't know if you guys saw that.
1: I did not know.
3: Uh, uh, Bringing Paul George to the Celtics, and you know that still might happen. I doubt that. I think they would do everything they could now to not give up Jason Tatum. But if Tatum can be just the scoring guy and not have to be the number one scoring guy on an NBA team, and get the chance to develop, you know, the rest of his game. I mean, I really liked him before, but I think he could be really good then. You know, I've seen some people say they think he'll be better than Markel Fultz. I don't know about that, but I think Jason Tatum could be really good, and I think he found a really good situation with a really good coach that could develop his skills and give him time to, to work his way into the NBA as far as beyond his offensive game, because I think his offensive game is pretty close to ready for for the league or for the association, I should say. And uh, the rest can, you know, find its way. But I really like Jason Tatum there to the Celtics.
1: How surprised were you to see Malik Monk slip all the way to 11 to the Hornets?
3: A little surprised. Um, I I was on the record as saying I would have liked the Mavs to take him at nine. And, you know, the night of the draft, that's what I wanted him to take. And the more I think about it, the more I'm really happy with Dennis Smith Jr. And maybe that's uh, what's the opposite of buyer's remorse, uh, whatever that is, you know. What, what you know, I'm happy with him now that they have him. But you know, the time at the time, I really liked Malik Monk. But I think, uh, where do you go? The Hornets. Um, yeah, the Hornets at 11. Yeah, I, I, I think that could be a great fit for him. Kemba Walker didn't Dwight Howard just end up going there? Yes, he did. Um, yeah, so if Dwight has anything left, you know that could be nice for Malik Monk. But just a guy that can shoot. If Kemba Walker can penetrate and drive the lane, and then he hasn't got a to kick too – like Malik Monk, I like that fit a lot. A little surprised that he fell all the way there. What did they have? Was it the the uh, 11th pick in yes. the draft? Yes, uh, Yeah, so uh, maybe a little lower than people thought. I thought the Magic might take him at 6, um, but they didn't. Obviously, the Knicks were in play for him. Obviously, I think the Mavericks liked him a lot, but uh, a fine spot for him. He'll act, came out today, he'll actually miss all of the summer League, which I'm not sure how you know how huge of a deal that is. but did you uh, not
1: like Jonathan Isaac to the Magic then at six?
3: I, I did like it. i I thought um, going into it, I thought that the the magic would take someone else and that Isaac would go to the the Timberwolves. And I think once uh, once that he went six, the Timberwolves went all in to go get Jimmy Butler. Uh, because I, I'm sure Isaac is the guy they wanted, but yeah, I like Isaac a lot. The Magic, you know, their GM—I like, forget his name—but he just came from Milwaukee, and that's the guy that took Thon Maker and uh, Giannis Antet. However you say his last name, I, I, of course. Antetacumbo. Tacumbo. Yeah, there we go. Eric, I knew you were good for something. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> the Greek Freak. Uh, he drafted both of those guys. Both long, athletic, can run the floor. And Jonathan and Isaac is that. And if, he, if anyone, you know, could be the next Greek Freak, it's going to be him you know, a long guy that can run the floor. So a, a GM that likes guys like that, and that's who he took. So not not surprised, but I thought the Magic might take somebody like Malik Monk, uh, and they ended up going a different route, which is, you know, a fine pick either way.
2: Well, another team that passed on Malik Monk was the New York Knicks. Like you mentioned, they took Neil Akina, a bit of a surprise. I'm curious, was Phil Jackson, was he just stoned on the draft night, or do you think he, do you think he was crossfaded?
3: One of the two. I mean, for sure. You know, beyond, beyond the draft night before the draft, him mean, he's just kind of going crazy. I'm not sure how real the rumors were about you know trading uh, Porzingis, but uh, I mean he was throwing a lot of stuff out there.
2: I heard yeah. he was falling asleep during some uh, some like workouts for, of yeah, the yeah. draftees like leading up to the draft. Did you hear that?
3: Yeah, I, I saw that on Twitter. I mean, he's pretty old, so I wouldn't fault him. When but- you're when
2: you're that old and you're that high, it's it's hard to stay awake, and I get it.
3: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what, what happens to the Knicks. They're pretty – I mean, it's just a mess there. Neil is a fine player, and, and he's got potential, but he's going to take time. And he could be a really good defender, but he needs to develop a a, a more round, well-rounded offensive game if he wants to be number eight pick worthy. He's finesse.
1: He's a finesse. You can say it. He's a European finesse player.
3: I well, I mean, it depends on your definition of finesse, right? Like, do you mean like he's True. soft, or you calling him soft? I'm calling Dirk, him. I'm straight up Dirk calling finesse? him a little is soft. Dirk
1: finesse, a little fragile. Dirk has become no, not finesse, not I mean, finesse. Early oh, wow, the, he's a power early player. Early in his career, people definitely made that knock, and there might have been some oh, yeah. justification. But he has oh, definitely yeah. grown into the st- style of NBA
2: basketball. Well, now. he won a championship, and then he just he just became tougher that next day. Oh, he became absolutely. a power player. As soon as he won the championship, he became he a player. he was becoming player. the toughest player in the league. Exactly. That entire rush, be adding toughness. It's amazing what a championship does. for you, you can be go, you can go from soft to, hard, to tough to rock hard and to rock hard just by one championship. That is beautiful. Absolutely. Nick, what about the Sacramento Kings? Because people are talking about them. By the way, Nick Nepik is joining us on on uh, Nosebleed Seeds. He's well, can I one say, say because, because I'm Please glad do. that you
1: brought this up? I was just about to say, the who Kings? do you think was a big winner? I love what the Kings did. Just pure draft wise, I think they got some really upside players with the Aaron Fox, Justin Jackson, and then the guy we were talking Frank about. Frank Mason. From, Bitch, I'm Frank Mason. Oh, they got Frank you know Mason, too.
2: Ooh, we may have to get that song. But they
1: got Giles, Nick, who we were talking about last week.
3: Yeah, they did. And I think Harry Giles is a guy. Uh, sorry, I was taking a drink of coffee there. Um, cocktail? Giles, No, Eric, not a cocktail. Apologies. Um, Where, Are you a frappuccino guy or are you a latte oh, guy? Cappuccino? I, well, first of all, this is just your average, you know, standard work coffee. Um, yeah. But I'm not, I'm no coffee snob, but if I'm, if I'm getting like a fancy coffee, I'm a latte guy, not a cappuccino guy.
2: Good. I'm going to write that um, down.
3: But a uh, vanilla latte, if I'm doing flavors, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, who did you, have? oh, Giles, the Kings. The yeah. Kings, yes. Harry Giles. I mean, I don't think he'll ever be completely healthy, which is sad because if you look up like his, his high school tape. Man, he is just ridiculous. And it was when he was a junior, like he was only seventeen. So, Harry Giles, if he if he could ever be healthy, then yeah, that's awesome, great. But beyond that, I mean, what the Knicks, or Knicks what the Kings did is they took a lot of character guys. You know, De'Aaron Fox, Justin Jackson, Frank Mason, Harry Giles all, are all really good kids. And I say kids like they're a lot younger than me, but they're all guys that are gonna really change that culture and I think what the Kings really need you know they they're a team that had Rondo that had DeMarcus Cousins guys that you know don't really care about that kind of stuff too much good players but well maybe not Rondo anymore but they just don't care about that kind of thing so I I really like De'Aaron Fox I love him I would have taken him over Lonzo Ball over Dennis Smith Jr I really wanted him a lot I think if he can develop any sort of jump shot he could be the best player in this class um I'm a big fan of his so Dear and Fox, I'm a, I like a lot. Justin Jackson. They, I think they're hoping his jump shot sticks because uh, he he showed a big improvement from junior or from his sophomore, excuse me, to his junior year. But it, that's the first year that he really shot the ball extremely well. So if he can improve immensely, they'll have another shooter. They've got Buddy Hill. They've got Ben Mclemore. I think Ben's his first name. Yes. And they've got a couple players. If they can put this all together and. Willie Cauley Stein is a defensive center. You've got Harry Giles behind him. I really like what the Kings are doing. I don't know how much I trust Laddie Devok, but the Kings had a really good night. I think as far as best, you know, pick uh, or best set of picks or best draft night, it was goes to the Sacramento Kings because they they got a couple of really good players. They traded back, uh, you know, and were able to uh, were able to get uh, you know Justin Jackson with that. 15th pick, Harry Giles, who some people had in the lottery, who was the best player you know, in this class until he got hurt so much. They got it 20. So the Kings did a really nice job. I, I really like what they did on draft night.
1: All right, Nick, uh, last question I got for you here. Who do you think is going to be the surprise player of this draft, maybe the most underrated pick in the class? I, I think I remember listening to you on the broadcast. You mentioned a, a pick, maybe even in the second round, that you said that's a lottery talent. The beginning of this point oh, in the draft.
3: Yeah, that was uh, specifically Jonah Bolden. I believe he went to the 76ers, late 30s. Uh, he's a lottery type talent, played at UCLA. But my pick for, uh, you know, best player in the draft, and it, he went to a perfect team as far as surprises go, is Derek White, the Colorado point guard. He went to the Spurs. He's like 6'5", 220. Um, and he's just a, a like a intangible, like right kind of guy to use a Jason Garrett phrase. And fits perfectly for the Spurs. And, you know, knowing the Spurs, if they get a good player, they're going to make him an all-star. And so I think Derek White um, has the potential to be that. And that's who I'm going to go with as far as just a really good player. Good in the pick and roll. Solid, smart basketball player. So Derek White is my pick for, um, you know, sleeper best player in this class. And then Jordan Bell going to the, the Warriors was just ridiculous. I mean, he's exactly the kind of guy that they needed. The kid out of Oregon, so uh, he'll he'll be my secondary pick as far as uh, maybe not surprising, but just a kid that that went late that could be a really good player.
1: Nick Nepic, ladies and gents, Nick, thank you so much for all your work during this I entire draft process, man. You've just been awesome.
3: I appreciate it, guys. Uh, real quick, Eric, uh, you know what's the what's the podcast thoughts on your hair? You know, we talked about this before. You know, one day when I saw you, but yeah. we, haven't ta- we haven't talked about it as far as since I've been a guest on the podcast. Yeah, Nick, what do you
1: think about a man putting highlights in their hair? Talk to me, Nick. At at this stage in life?
3: I think, you know, I see Eric every once in a while. I didn't notice the highlights the first time. Then, Zach, you pointed them out to me. Subtle, subtle. Yeah, very subtle. But man, if I can have Eric's exact haircut, I would. I would take it. Yes, my man. Thank you, I mean, Nick.
2: I appreciate that because Walshick just kind of just craps on no, it. No, you, you know, know I love your hair. I just thought it was a little
1: goofy that you put the highlights in there. Yeah, not That's to the say G it bad. you were looking for goofy, goofy. Now,
3: now I will also say if I could grow a beard like Zach, I would also do that. But I cannot. I just become oh, Jewish. Thank Nick. you so much. Nick, Just thank become you, Nick.
2: Jewish. It'll just all happen for you. You will get the curls, though. You will get that. It's just that substance in your hair. It's like he doesn't. Walchick doesn't put any any uh any product in his hair. It's just oh, uh, really? the only thing he's got in his hair is it's just called Jew. <laughs> it's the it's the Jew poo. It's great stuff.
3: Well, I almost uh, spit coffee everywhere. <laughs> um, well, yeah, guys, I you know,
1: both of you, quality um, quality hair. I'm glad we That's passed part- the eye test. Thank you so much. We're not as good looking as you are, but we'll take definitely having good hair.
3: Well, I appreciate the compliments guys. Thanks for uh thanks for having me on to do all this fun draft stuff all the, all draft season. It was a, it was a good time.
1: Hey, you're stuck
2: with us for life now, bro. You're our hey, draft
3: college, guy. College basketball starts in November, so Go hibernate till
2: then, man. Go hibernate.
3: All right, guys. I definitely will do that. Talk to you later. All right, I love you, buddy.
2: Kisses. Take care, man. See you guys. Nick Nepic
1: 105.3 the fan zone CBS Radio in Dallas KRLD I really do miss him already
2: I do too It's like a sad way to go It's like gave, wow won't get to talk to you until November I can got to at least big check big in went on the cheek. like can we at least check in from time to time we should have asked him like are you just going to disown us until November like what's the deal here is it just like a seasonal friendship Maybe he thinks we're good in small doses Well you are Yeah for sure but, man, that's kind of sad if we don't get to hear from Nick till November. it's a little sad. Now, we did get for a second there. I want to get to this because we talked about Frank Mason. He got drafted. He's a guard. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. He's a guard out of KU. I got to see him play live. My good friend Alex, Alex Gunn. That Who? Is Gunn, um, his name's Alex Gunn, G-U-N-N, so it's not like a shooting gun. Sounds like a male porn star. Yes. No, he's definitely, I mean, you want to talk about being torqued all the time. This guy's doing it big. And just like Bab, he doesn't, he? he doesn't wear he doesn't wear pants. Oh, similar to Bab. Um. So, anyways, I went and visited him. He goes to Ku, good friend of mine. I watched Frank Mason play, and he told me now on the Kansas on on Ku's campus. Now the basketball guys are just the the cream of the crop at that school. It's a basketball school. Their basketball team's good. Their football team blows. So the basketball guys They do what they blow. Oh, yes, um, quite constantly, and. Uh, so the basketball team has the hookups, their their dorm room, their setup has like an indoor basketball facility connected to it. They also have a recording studio. So Frank Mason, their, their guard, I think he was a senior guard, Dropping undersized, beats, bro. good player. Yeah, he's one of those guys, really good college player love watching him play you can't help but love the guy and uh might be undersized uh for the nba he might but be, we'll he's, see. A, he's a bench guy rotational yeah. hopefully to a could lineup. be a Good guy that just lasts room. in the league bounces around from team to team who knows what happens but anyways the kings drafted him and he has he used that recording studio to the fullest there in kansas and he came up with just this lyrically prophetic genius song absolutely beautiful bab take it away this is frank mason Frank Mason. when bother me all and now i'm number one. oh yeah don't you like it
0: already dude i'm head
1: nodding already oh, baby puffin' yep. yeah. yeah. bitch i'm, I'm frame mason. yeah bitch i'm frame Mason. tell him. bitch i'm frame Mason. bitch i'm frame it's a frame if you ballin' in the a then you frame Mason. yeah bitch i'm frame Mason. bitch i i got 3 holes and they all 10 triple double they want to see me a roll for that man bitch i'm frame Mason. What? Bitch, I'm Frank. Frank makes it. Just, just. I just want that chorus. I just want that chorus, baby. The guy is a genius. Like I'm gonna play that on my wedding when I walk out. Bitch, I'm Frank mate. It's a club banger for sure. Just puts you in the right mindset to go out there and just do your best, live your genes
2: break that, that up, crank that up.
1: Money, being selfish with my bills now Starting to figure out who really fake, who really real now Hey, shout out to my city, we finally made yeah. it The world Said I'm gonna be the greater I've been ballin' who my whole life and now I'm number one It felt got it felt god, it felt
2: He is Frank Mason. He's Frank Mason,
1: bitch. Damn, that is so good. Man, that I would seriously go climb Mount
2: Everest right now after that. I'm hyped. The multi-talented Frank Mason drafted in the second round Sacramento Kings, hopefully a future MVP of the league, definitely future rap superstar. I would imagine him on the Hot 100 charts before we know it. I think he's already there. I mean, it's a long line of basketball players that turn rappers. He's almost, it almost seems like his rap career's taken off before his basketball career, which is crazy. Yeah. And now he's just about to hit it big. Do it big. Bitch, I'm Frank Mason. Just, I mean. That's what I'm going to say to anybody. Genius. Somebody doesn't like Bitch, something. I'm Bitch, I'm Frank Mason. Just give it to you. Oh, me, you don't
1: Frank? like the show? Bitch, I'm Frank Mason. Oh, I'm sorry. Are your feelings hurt? Bitch, I'm Frank Hey, guess what? You're going to keep talking, sh- dog? Dude. Bitch frame, You're going to be that rude right now? You don't, you don't bitch like that joke? Do you know who I am? Bitch frame,
2: Do not mess with me, bitch. No. Not up in here. Dude, I Stay just- in your lane exactly couldn't have said it better lavar thank you
1: she's talking about lavar he was freaking goo goo gaga after lonzo got selected yes he was of lonzo course he Ball, was. number
2: two he's, to the lakers he's already
1: got his lakers big baller freaking hat ready to rock and they B's had him up. on
2: bees up triple b baby triple
1: b they had him on ready to go to talk about his son getting selected cut too bad with the nba draft stuff so this is draft night this is draft night, right after Lonzo Ball's been picked. Right after Lonzo Ball gets interviewed, they go straight to Lavar. Of
2: course. Well, I knew this was happening before it was happening. When did you get this hat made? <laughs> uh, when he was a baby. LeBron James. When he was a baby. What's it like now that this has come to fruition for you? You've been talking about it for nine months. Nine months. You're talking about nineteen, twenty years. All right, nineteen, twenty just years. The microphone on me when I was talking about it. What's it like right now that he is an L.A. Lakers? It's a wonderful feeling. But I already knew what was coming to him. I got two
1: more boys. I got to come do the same thing two more years. So you're going to get them to the Lakers too. How? The big ball away. Ball control. Boom!
0: That's it. How That's good the money. Is Lonzo, Lonzo Ball going to be shot. for the L.A. Lakers?
1: Hey, I'm going to tell
2: you what. Lonzo Ball is going to take the Lakers to the playoffs his first year. Come see me when he does. I have another hat on to say I told you so. That's gonna be a no for me, dog. Oh man, the big ball away. I gotta respect ball me some control. Levar, man. Ball control. That is that is such a good line. We'll be seeing that on T-shirts in no time. No,
1: absolutely, stay in your lane. Now we got ball control. Big Baller Brand made a big time financial yes. decision. They go straight to Monday Night Raw. Just repping Big Baller all over the place. They got a Lonzo coming out. He's talking. They got another one of the, one of the other ball kids. I'm not sure if that one was LaMelo. Wait,
2: wait. All these balls are raw dog and what? Balls everywhere. What are you talking
1: about? Ball control. That's oh, what we're talking that's about. That's what we're talking so about. So LeVar Ball's in the middle of the wrestling ring now with Frank or Mike the Miz. Frank Mason. Mizanin.
2: Bitch, I'm Frank Mason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he walks in there and he says, Bitch, I'm Frank Mason. <laughs> yeah, Monday Night Raw
2: just stuck in your head i get it frank will do that to
1: you <laughs> we in this piece so he's with mike the mismas zan formerly of real world mtv fame who's now a wwe superstar and he's freaking taking his shirt off going crazy cut five that don't be
2: hating on him you're you're not even wearing a shirt right now so you stop but down. i look better shirtless than lavar fair point fair point
1: stay in your lane cut five it's
3: only two dudes better than me
2: and i'm both of them Understand that you are
1: in a WWE ring with the Michael Jordan of WWE. What? Mel, handle my lightweight. I'll unleash. Oh, are you going to unleash all the balls on me?
2: You know it. That's
1: what I'm talking about. Ball control. I don't want to deal with your kids, Mouth. I want to deal with you. Because you do a lot of this, and all I want you to do is prove it. Boy, you better stay in your lane.
2: Mrs. is about to start taking his shirt
1: off. LeVar.
2: Oh, the honey's on. Is the shirt come the yet? Not yet. Tell me when the shirt comes off. You want that belt? Yeah. Hey. Oh, boy, you making <laughs> me shoot. Sure.
1: Okay. Oh, put your clothes back on, Buckman. Here it is. You ain't doing no, it, man.
2: Off. Shirts Levar off. LeVar and the balls are to represent off? the big baller Entirely brand. Ready. Going into the great balls of fire pay-per-view that, you know, has balls. Which is in Dallas, by the way. Love balls. And it has been said, hey, nobody got bigger balls than Dean Ambrose. Plus, I like free t-shirts. Oh, Dean Ambrose. Well, I like free balls, baby. So it's a win-win. Oh,
1: man. The Big B- Triple B, Big Baller brand is all Ball over the control. freaking place, man. LeVar, Alonzo, they won the draft. They won the night for Monday Night Raw. You Monday know, Night Raw and, Dog. And people don't like him. I think he's just an audio gold waiting to happen for, for radio, for TV. He's a clown,
2: and this this proved it. The moment you go to WWE, it's like, all right, this guy is a show. And now everyone can know that. And don't get butthurt by him because no, he's great.
1: It's all fun. Just be lighthearted about it and have some fun, people. It's entertainment. That's all Lavar is. He's beautiful. Ball control. Ball control. What do you great. think of uh so we, we touched on the Jimmy Butler trade. I, I saw a rumor I that Kyrie Irving was even rumored to that. be traded. Who? During the draft, yeah. Cleveland was looking into trading Kyrie as part of a Paul George deal. Which, I did actually Which I thought hear was that. a freaking joke.
2: It was it was with Phoenix. It was yes. with the, for the fourth pick. For number
1: four and Paul George. And Phoenix Or I think... Uh, oh, it was a three-team deal? Yeah, I think somehow they were getting Paul George.
2: Well... I don't know, but that, that's, I did see some stuff about Phoenix Eric getting Bledsoe, Kyrie. Getting yeah, Bledsoe was going to be involved. There was going to be a lot of stuff going on. But, yeah, that was that was a rumored thing to happen. The one that did go down that everybody was uh, went a little crazy about and it was fun was Jimmy Butler going to the T-Wolves. Now they got themselves a big three with A. Wiggins, big cat Carl Anthony Towns, and now Jimmy Butler. That's quite a threesome. I know you and I have probably had comparable, but that's up there. That's up there. That that might be close to our best. Um. Yeah. Yeah. When you look back at the archives, sure. Sure. I mean, that's up there with some some of the sexiest
1: trios I can think of. That could be something. Look, they got to wait for the Golden State hierarchy to kind of tilt at some point. But they're right, rep for the pickings
2: Well, and they have enough money. They do. They have enough money. They could go get themselves a nice little point guard because in the trade they had to give up Zach Levine, who's one of their guards, who's just an average player, good dunker, but not a great basketball player. Um, and then um, who else was involved? Chris Dunn, the guy they drafted top yes, five last year yes. out of whatever school he was from. He's a point guard who ended up not being able to shoot. Everybody was kind of high on him coming out, and then he can't shoot. He's only Apparently been in the league the one year. Bulls liked him a lot. Bulls liked him a lot. They realized that a year later after everyone else found out he couldn't shoot, they said, yeah, we'd love to trade Jimmy Butler for him. Great. Go Bulls. Uh, really didn't
1: get a lot. If you're a Chicago fan, I'm a little upset.
2: Yeah, if you're Chicago, you're probably feeling bad unless marketing ends up being a really good player. Because remember, the it's Knicks true. drafted Porzingis a couple years ago. Everyone's like, oh my God, the Knicks really don't know what they're doing. Porzingis ends up being a decent player. So, you know, the jury's still out on all these guys. But yeah, right now on the surface, it looks like the Bulls got swindled. Good for the T-Wolves because they pick up Jimmy Butler, who is definitely a solid number two, three option for sure. I think Carl Anthony Towns will be their number one in no time with Anthony Wiggins being a great two, three option. And if you can throw a point guard in that mix, and there's a couple out there, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, that are free agents right now, you go make a play on one of these guys. And now you're talking about a, a group of four who is still too young to beat Golden State, but a group of four who can go in there and hang a little bit and when you think about a year or two down the line, three wow. years from now, I think you're looking at an NBA champion. Because the, the other thing, when we talked about this last week, when we were talking about how the Cavs were interested in Butler and why that might be better for them than Paul George, even though Paul George is a better player, well, than you Jimmy thought Butler. it was better. Well, I, I, I was wasn't better. as
1: much into Jimmy Butler to Cleveland.
2: Well, it's not that I think he's better than Paul George, but I think it's comparable. And because he's younger and he has two or three years left on his contract at a pretty good rate. Compared to been other a good players. Asset for Cleveland. Exactly. And now the Timberwolves get to take in Jimmy Butler and know, okay, listen, we're still too young to win a championship this year and probably even next year. But the year after that, we still have Jimmy Butler under contract. We keep developing. We get a couple of pieces, roll veteran players on the bench, hopefully at a point guard. But the big three, you talk about a young big three that can develop together. Wow. Way to go. Timberwolves. And they have now that's a fun team that you can look at as an up and coming. Can they compete in the West? And and again, if they can go get a Kyle Lowry, if they can go get a Chris Paul, you're looking at a, a, a hell of a team to watch this year. Either way, it'll be fun to watch this year with the three of them, but in terms of how much can they compete with just the three right now, not a ton, still a playoff team, but not competing with Golden State. Add Chris Paul, add a couple veteran players next year, and two, three years down the line, Timberwolves are a hell of a squad. Yeah,
1: I'm excited about them. I really am. I thought that they won the night making that trade, and it kind of made me, obviously, you think of Cleveland because they're they're the first team you think of. They've been trying to get Jimmy Butler. They're trying to get Paul George, and it brought me back to the Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love trade. And if I'm Cleveland right now, I thought so at the time. I would rather have had Andrew Wiggins. I think if they could go back, they might rather have Andrew Wiggins right now, too, and the upside potential of him.
2: Absolutely. That was a short-sighted move there by GM LeBron wanting to trade A. Wiggins for Kevin Love. I understand it that maybe they wouldn't have won the championship last year. Who knows if they wouldn't have had Kevin Love. I I don't know. But, yeah, you're probably sitting there and you're wishing, man, it would be nice to have an Andrew Wiggins as a wing guy that we could trust to score 20-plus points a night. They don't have it, so it sucks for them. And the Timberwolves are cashing in with him, Towns, and Jimmy Butler. It's quite the it's quite the, the the threesome there. So good for Timberwolves. Cleveland, though, is is is
1: all over the place. And everything to me is just making me think it's all around the Cavaliers and what's gonna happen with LeBron. So we talked, we had Kennedy on, and we talked about Paul George and how you you were thinking, all right, he's probably going to go to the Lakers, maybe LeBron and Paul George. But we both talked about that, right? That's kind of like the thinking, he's probably going to end up there. Mm-hmm. Kennedy makes the point, well, who's LeBron ever lost? When when he wants to stay somewhere and he brings somebody in, they stick with LeBron. Paul George reiterated those points this week saying, yeah, if if LeBron committed and said, I'm staying in Cleveland and, and we get there and things are good, I have no problem staying in Cleveland with LeBron. With LeBron is the key. LeBron's got to be there, but he would stay with LeBron, and I think that's that's big. I mean, that's good news for Cleveland. Then you've got the other stuff. Your boy, Dwayne Wade, in talks with Chicago. Hey, maybe you buy out my contract, Carmelo Anthony. Same thing in New York. All of a sudden, and I know that that's kind of fantasy because does that benefit Chicago? No. New York, maybe. I could see Phil Jackson possibly doing it just to get Carmelo the hell out of there. What if those two guys became available? Wouldn't that just be... Wow, Cleveland.
2: That's something that you mentioned that I could actually see happening because if they're unable to uh, to land Paul George with that, at this point, I just deem it unlikely. Especially this is kind of in the now news, and again, we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday evening, so. If you're listening to this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Things may have changed.
0: For nosebleeds, these traditions, something will break on this tomorrow morning.
2: Oh, absolutely! But right now, the tentative talk is that looks like the Celtics, and this is according to Adrian Wojnarowski,
1: who is oh, he's a big time guy. Though respect, Washbombs. bombs. Amazingly, yes, exactly.
2: Yes. And here's a wash bomb for you. He's a uh, he's a Yahoo guy. He's about to starting July 1st, right before free agency. As a free agent himself, in the broadcast world, he's going to ESPN. So he will be an ESPN employee, and he, that's where he'll be conducting his work. So you'll probably be seeing a lot more of him because if ESPN gets a hold of you, he's going to be blasted everywhere, especially for this free agency stuff. So keep a lookout on that. The Adam
1: Schefter of the NBA.
2: Exactly. He's just the guy who drops all the news before it happens. He's earlier and at, more accurate than anyone, and he's great at what he does. So what what is going on right now, again, Tuesday evening, is that the Boston Celtics are trying to make a move to land Gordon Hayward, which we've known about it as a free agent, their head coach Brad Stevens, So marriage made in heaven. perfect fit, exactly. And they're trying to make a trade for for Paul George, trying to land both of them right now, and they're they're working to do so. Who knows if it'll happen? Because Boston is very gun shy. Danny Ainge is too scared to make a move. He they has certainly all these have assets. The assets. Exactly. They've had the problem is is they've had them for a year now, and they haven't done anything with them besides just use them for what they are. Which they is did just go to the Eastern Conference
1: Finals, though. No. It, no. You know, you're totally it's right. It's
2: pretty incredible. It's just, you have the assets, but you're also having
1: success, and you keep compiling the assets. All they did by moving from one but down it's to three. But empty success. It's, everyone more. knows
2: you're not beating LeBron, and everyone for sure that's knows you ain't touching the State. But that's why you
1: bring in the youth like they are doing, collecting all these picks. Maybe you make a trade for a young superstar.
2: Yeah, well, now they're, now the rumors are is they are trying to make that trade for Paul George, and it's just interesting to me because I'm like, why didn't this already happen? I'm like, if Boston would have done this, wouldn't they have already done it? For the They've draft, had before these, the yeah, draft. Yeah, before the draft, so that— they can they can make the trade with the pick, and Indiana can well, get what their pick they and take are, who they
1: want to take. What if they're still if they wanted Jason Tatum? He was their guy, and he's still more be involved future with the picks. No, no, not even oh, that. Gotcha. They wanted him. They like that piece, pairing him with Hayward George. He's part of their master so plan. So Celtics
2: keep their four pick that they drafted Tatum yes. just the other night, and, and they then they trade up. the future you know, stuff. They, they've
1: got easy contracts that are expendable in, in Avery Bradley, in yeah. Jay Crowder. They've got some other guys that they could give up. That would be good assets for a team. They're good, high-motor players. They can help them win. Also, easily expendable contracts. But they're also maybe throwing in the future first-round picks that they got next year in moving back from one to three. I I don't know. It's just good. The thing that Danny Ainge always does, and I get what you're saying, because it's like, well, you don't have much to show for it with collecting all these things. But you have the flexibility every single year, yes, and, and it keeps you relevant. My point is
2: that is he going? Is he really going to make this move? Because this room, it's rumored to be out there. How many rumors of the Celtics making a trade for some big player in the last year have we seen that never went through? So why is it going to happen now? That's my question. No, you're right, but, and that's valid question. And I, I, so I just, I don't know that I find it unlikely, but I'm just very tentative. But since Woj is the one reporting it, I feel confident in the fact that they're at least trying to. And when now whether it ends up happening, who knows. But it's just the timing of it's weird because if I'm Indiana, I'm thinking, whoa, if we were going to make this trade, I wanted to do it last week so I could have that number three or four pick, whatever it was. Three. Yeah. It was number three, yeah. And I can take my guy, whether that is Tatum or whoever it would have been. So if I'm Indiana sitting here now, I'm like, well, unless that's the guy I wanted, the guy you drafted is that's the guy I would have drafted anyway, and you want to involve him in the trade, sure. Otherwise, what am I doing? I'm just trading for two or three years down the line now. If I'm Indiana, I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. But then the next question becomes, if it does happen, Hayward, Paul George in Boston. Obviously, it depends on what they have to give up on their own roster right now. But does, is that enough to compete? I think it is. At It's least definitely enough have to have. compete. I mean, when you talk about getting getting to the finals. They'll be there. And I it'll think, be a seven-game series, six th- or seven-game series. I think, yeah, it would be an Eastern Conference Finals to remember because LeBron's not going to go out without a fight for sure unless you put a team together like Golden State with a bunch of freak shows. But Golden or Boston wouldn't quite be a freak show team, but they would be there, and they would give LeBron a run for his money for sure. And I think that they would have the coaching edge. They would have the coaching edge, no question, because Ty Lue is just, there's. It's just not even comparable with Ty Lue and Brad Stevens. So no question, and the Boston's best player on a the group team. Yeah, it, it, is it's still LeBron James, but then, I still
1: think they win that series. But it does at least it, there's another team in the East. That you can have but a But isn't that amazing?
2: Isn't that amazing when you think about it and the way the league is, not only with Golden State, but also with how phenomenal LeBron is? Because we're talking about LeBron and his okay team that he's on now. The only really good player you can really count on is Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, how phenomenal is he that you're talking about Paul George and Gordon Hayward going to the Celtics, who already made it to the Eastern Conference finals? You add these two all star caliber players and they're still probably not good enough to beat LeBron. It that just, just brings us back to the point. It tells We've been you how phenomenal he month. is. He's
1: the best player on the planet.
2: And it tells you how phenomenal that even if they got past Cleveland, which it would probably take uh, seven games, they go to Golden State in the finals, and they pretty much have no chance. So it's still funny, even with Boston getting a Paul George and Gordon Hayward. And imagine them just keeping their roster exactly as is. They don't have to give up any current assets. You would still probably pick Cleveland over them, and you would definitely pick Golden State over them, and that's just insane. It would be, to me, really entertaining to see somehow Dwayne
1: Wade and Carmelo Anthony join forces. With I like LeBron that idea. I could
2: see that happening. And I, I think know that, that's that, where that, the root of this at conversation the end of their started. Career,
1: and they jokingly dreamed about that five years ago.
2: I could see it happen. But
1: man, wouldn't that be crazy? And that that would be interesting. You had that with Kyrie Irving. I don't know I don't know if that means you still get to keep Kevin Love or you give him up. Maybe that's part of a of a sign and trade deal. The only I think they probably have to send Kevin Love maybe to Chicago to get Wade. I could see New York just buying Melo out because that's a toxic situation. I don't think Chicago is going to give up Dwayne Wade, let him walk easily like that. I think they'd want but then again they just got freaking finagled by Minnesota. So who knows, man.
2: Yeah, I, I I wouldn't put past Chicago to say, "Hey, listen, Wade, we owe you 24, take 16, 17, $18 million." Walk out of here, and now we can just wipe our hands of the whole thing. He, we save a few million. And they just traded go? for a bunch of young guards anyway. So, yeah, I could see that playing out. I could see it playing out with Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks as well. And I could totally see them wanting to team up with LeBron and Cleveland. Now, even if it doesn't happen this year, I could see it happening next year because LeBron becomes a free agent. Wade's definitely a free agent. I don't know if Carmelo is, but by then, who knows what's going on with him. I could at that point, especially if LeBron's leaving Cleveland and wanting to go maybe to LA or wherever he's going, I could see him wanting to team up with somebody like that. Wade, Carmelo, Chris Paul, I don't know if he'd be able to swing that with Chris Paul. I don't know what he's going to do because he's a free agent this year, but I mean, that is definitely something a hypothetical that I could see actually playing out. It would not surprise me at all. The problem is Dwayne Wade hasn't gotten back on defense uh, in, what, three years? No, but you're not needing him to be the Dwayne Wade that he was in his prime with the
1: Heat. He's just a veteran guy. I don't want to hate him, my boy. I love him. We talked about how the Cleveland bench and the role players just failed them the whole series. Dwayne Wade's a reliable guy. He'd be like uh, Ray Allen was for that Heat team. That's what he would provide. 20 minutes a night. A shot, a clutch shot, a veteran guy that you can count on to give you good quality minutes in the finals in that kind of setting against Golden State. It would
2: still feel like LeBron carrying a bunch of... Older guys in a final. But it's a guy that, that LeBron outmanned. can trust.
1: They're yeah. friends. They bring out the I'm best not saying in each he other. Wouldn't do it, he, he wouldn't for, be the for those Dwayne two guys. Wade in his Yeah, it wouldn't be the Dwayne Wade we know and love. No. But he would be a good piece for Cleveland. Yeah. A big upgrade. Well, I think it makes their team better than the one that we just saw.
2: Yeah, I th- I don't think it hurts them at all as long as they use them right and everything. But yeah, I think it, it, he's it's a, at least He's better than a Shumpert.
1: And Amon Schumper didn't oh, play yeah, defense definitely. for you. And that's what he's, he's out there. Than Amon he's a huge upgrade. He's better than Darren roster. Williams. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Would,
2: it would be an upgrade. It would be an upgrade. But it's still LeBron carrying a bunch of old guys, a bunch of, sure, I hate to say, has-beens. He could use to that to get him a ring. Against Golden State. So we'll see. But there's a lot of stuff going on. Things are going to be changing left and right. I guess free agency kicks off. Is it, is it Friday night, Saturday? something this weekend i think you're right and it's like july 1st i think is when it happens i don't know if they can officially sign the contracts isn't there like some sort of like few days where it's like you can agree to deals but you can't actually sign i think until like the 7th or 8th of july something like that but deals will be agreed upon and reported throughout starting really july 1st all the way up you know through the first week second week of july so it's a great time of year for basketball fans We'll see if Boston makes a move. I will be pissed if they do because I want Gordon Hayward in a Miami Heat uniform as a Miami Heat fan. I would love that. We'll see if it happens, but it does seem likely. It seems like it's a match made in heaven for him to to go to Boston. So we'll see if they can swing that. But I mean, this is, this is a great time for the NBA and we'll have to bring on Kennedy maybe next week to kind of just decipher through some of this stuff, see where players have gone, where they're going to be going. It's just, it's fun. It's so awesome. I of love fun. this.
1: And it just creates fun talk because it's kind of like yeah, we just, our own we just put Dwayne teams.
2: Wade and Carmelo Anthony in. But it's not that unrealistic. In Cleveland. It's
1: the NBA. You've got two mega teams, and it's all about what can we do to get Cleveland now, which is on the other side, better to compete with Golden State because Golden State's there and it's forever. I mean, we've already said. Minnesota, that's cute. That's dope. We're excited, but nah, not not so, not so fast. Not now. Give me
2: a couple years. We're, we're looking to see what we can do
1: to get Cleveland. Maybe they need to over go through home. puberty first as a team. But yeah, they're gonna grow some. No split seats podcast. Thank you for listening, Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo. Producer Bab. We transition from the NBA to the National Hockey League with some quick puck.
4: Flying V.
0: I love Flying V.
3: Flying Bab, take it away. What's that doing?
0: So, for all those of you who care.
2: Bab, I'm so hot right now. Of course I care. Anything you say to me, just talking As soon as this music starts playing, dirty. I start getting a little chill. Keep talking dirty.
0: So, NHL draft this past Saturday, because everyone paid attention to that when they chose between the NBA and NHL drafts. Oh, I'm paying attention. To keep an eye on can't take my eyes off you. Dallas Stars had two picks in the first round. Mm. The th- yes, they th- did. The third overall, because they won the lottery. Double? You said double picks? Double picks. Oh, perfect. Keep going. So, with the third overall pick, they chose a guy. We have audio of the picks, but I love this song too much. So I think I'm just going to let the song play Fair instead. It's
2: just too sexy not
0: to. Miro Heiskinen, a 17-year-old kid out of Finland.
2: Don't bring a kid into best this. Best defenseman in the draft, right?
0: Best defenseman in the draft. Is that true? That when is you true. look at him, what do you he's, see? He's the consensus best defenseman Describe him to me. Paint the, the
2: when you see him. What, what what stands out physically? Talk to me. Is he big? The second pick they had in the first round
0: was the 29th overall pick. That's the pick they got from Anaheim at the trade deadline. It was a conditional first-round pick when they sent Patrick Eves to the Ducks. On the condition the Ducks made the conference final, it would become a first round pick. And it. then they did. And so it became a first round pick. Then they got a little fancy. And they took that pick, the 29th overall pick, traded it to Chicago. when so they swapped first round picks, they had the 29th yeah, overall pick. Swap it, swap it. The, the Blackhawks had the 26th overall pick. They swapped picks, and the Stars gave up their third-round pick to Chicago. Gosh, that's even hotter than I expected. And they chose Jake Ottinger out of Boston University. Jake.
2: Wow. Goaltender. Best you think goaltend- he's any good?
0: Best goaltender in the draft. So best they got the top Defenseman and the top and goaltender. And the top goaltender. Was it the best Which you've is, ever it's had? It's kind of weird because for the first goalie not to be taken in the draft until the 26th overall pick. It's pretty rare.
1: I think I heard on the broadcast they've only, he was only the second goalie to be taken in the first round in the last five years. Teams, for whatever reason, yeah, there's been have been kind of moving from away from taking goalies early. Yeah. Move closer.
0: I think uh, the Stars might be a case study for that because they took someone by the name of Jack Campbell, 10th mm-hmm. overall in 2010. Didn't work out. Jack what? No, Jack Campbell. He hmm. played uh, one game his entire Stars career, gave up five goals. Where's and, he uh, now? Uh, he is with uh, the Ontario Reign of the American Hockey League. So you don't think he's ever going to make it, huh? He got well. He got called up to Los Angeles this year a couple times. Did okay, but then got sent back down when uh, when they traded for Ben Bishop. What happened with the Vegas with the Golden Stars?
1: Knights in the expansion draft? How's their team looking? Golden Showers, uh,
0: pretty good. Which uh, you know they're going to be better than Colorado has been. Colorado's just awful. Of course, everybody um, knows that. Yeah, but so. They did. They took Cody Eakin from the Stars, and basically this worked out to a trade. They took Cody Eakin, and earlier today the Stars traded with the Golden Knights for a defenseman by the name of Mark Mathot. And I've heard really good things on Twitter about this he's guy. He's a top defense. He's he's going to be on the top pair with John Klingberg. Wow. On the top defensive pair That's with a John huge Klingberg. huge get for the Stars. And they gave up basically nothing for him. They gave up a second-round pick and a goalie prospect who hasn't even been in the Stars' system. He's still, like, playing junior hockey They somewhere. just gave it up, like, that easy? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they didn't even buy them dinner. What was the conditions of this deal? Uh, half a steak. So they just quick and wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. We're going to take this defense from going yeah. away. They made her pay for the tag. and the and Golden left. Knights are walking the walk of shame right now.
0: Yeah, the Golden Knights are the when you you slam the steak dinner and then you walk out without paying, and, and the girl go- has to pay for both. And you left. Eat her. and run. I love it. I You've love been it. That's for the golden Knights man. That's are a in win, win for Jim Mill and the Dallas Stars. Yeah. So essentially, There's expansion more? draft included, they basically gave up a goalie prospect who's not going to sniff the NHL anytime soon. But a, I want you to sniff it. A second round pick. The second round pick, by the way, too, is in 2020. It's not like even the next couple years. It's in 2020. Wow. And Cody Cody Eakin, a second round pick and a goalie prospect who's not gonna sniff the NHL for a top to ten defenseman it. in the NHL. Unbelievable. Don't so,
1: be like that. All in all, a really good week for the
0: stars, it yes. sounds. Yes. Sounds oh, and good. they officially bought out uh Auntie Niemi's contract this time. So morning. he's hit he's gone hit in the streets. You think he's, he's gonna sign anywhere? Maybe. There'll be a backup somewhere.
1: You like Kari sticking around as the backup for Ben Bishop?
0: Uh I thought that was kind of odd. I didn't think Kari would accept that role, but I guess they must have talked to him. I guess Neil dominance. did something. Yeah, you know this. Yeah, audience kid's not going to be ready, right? To come in right away. No, right, he's, to be the he's not even. He's seventeen. He's not even eligible. Oh, to play so he's the a de- NHL. he's
1: definitely a developmental guy.
0: Yeah, he's probably he's probably going to go back to Boston University for his uh, junior year. Okay. I Okay. What or about no, Heiskanen? No, Can he year? play? NHL I, over think, year one? I think Heiskanen has a chance. I don't. Now see, I don't know if they'll. I don't know if he will. He's it's a young kid. He's he's like. Nachushkin. When Nachushkin first showed up, he's about that age. He's a little younger. Um, so he could make the team out of camp. It's possible. but It'll get better. I feel like they'll either send him back to Finland or they'll put him down in the AHL. What about
1: Val Nachushkin who left, went it's, back to Russia because he hated Lindy Ruff, but now Ruff's gone. Do you it's, think he still, come it's, back? it's
0: still up in the air. They've been talking about, it, talking about him coming back. Um, there's an unwritten agreement that the KHL, where he is now in Russia and the NHL have, that allows you to opt out of your KHL contracts early. Um, there's some hoops to jump through there, but it's still very up in the air right now.
2: All right. So, yeah. There's your quick puck. Your stamina goddamn bad. You just you got me in dude. all the fields
1: right there. You hit that spot nice and hard.
2: Literally, my legs are shaking.
1: That was so just perfectly timed too. It wasn't too quick. It was just no. long enough where I feel really satisfied. No,
2: definitely satisfied. I just I need I just really need a sandwich and a nap. I couldn't agree more. Oh man, jeez, I'm so fulfilled. Do we even do we even go anywhere from here? I don't or like, think so. I Is think, there anything
1: after that? I think that? it's time to just to stop for a second. Nosebleed Seats Podcast here and just take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get weird with Wolchuk. We'll talk the NFL and the top 100 list, and then we'll get into Connor Floyd, UFC pooping, and more on the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. We'll be back right after this. Robert, you know what to do hello i'm robert of the diamond broker over the past 30 years many jewelry stores have come and gone but we are still here we are dallas's original diamond broker and our a rating with a better business Bureau and a proven track record with thousands of satisfied customers sets us apart the diamond broker has been the go-to source for loose diamonds engagement rings and special occasion jewelry We were one of the first companies in DFW to offer diamonds directly from the cutters. With over $2 million in loose diamonds to choose from, the Diamond Broker is the most respected wholesale broker. Because we guarantee the color, clarity and cut of every diamond sold. We offer good old-fashioned value and service. No gimmicks and no hassles. When shopping for an engagement ring,
2: a pre-owned Rolex or special occasion diamonds, visit the Diamond Broker. Ask around. Someone you know has done business with us. The Diamond Broker, Dallas original Diamond Broker
4: at Preston & Forest in Dallas are on the web at (laughs) diamondbrokerdallas.com.
1: Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, Producer Bab. Thank you very much for listening to the show, everyone can afford to listen to. It's episode 21. We've talked about the NFL draft, NFL, or the NBA
2: draft, I should
1: say. Football's
2: on your mind, and I, I can understand, Because we're going to get to
1: football here very soon. But we've done all of our NBA stuff. We talked a little quick puck. But now, it's time for a nosebleed seats favorite. Let's get weird with Wolchuk. Let's just get
2: vaped out right now. I'm
4: looking to get weird.
2: That's weird, man.
1: get
2: weird with Walt jumping. baby. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Yes, let's get weird. Let's get weird. Please. Can we do it? You got your pants on? Hurry up. it, go. You got the pants on? Are you ready this time? No, I'm not ready. You know I got to put my freaking weird tie on. Give me a sec.
1: I'll get into the early. I barely even
2: know how to tie this thing.
1: I'll just get the tip in while you wait. While you get ready.
2: All right. Tease me.
1: This is what we got. Let's get weird. This week. Episode 21
2: edition. Shouts out to Deion Sanders. City
1: council killed a man's 30-year-old tree butt. His revenge has roots that grow deep. Tree butt? What's a tree butt? Don't get between a man and his love of a trusty tree. After city council in Redondo Beach, California... ...took an ax to one man's 30-year-old peeper tree, the man felt there was only one way to get even. His revenge has been shared online... And since started a metaphorical wildfire.
2: So this guy's pissed, huh? This
1: dude is freaking pissed.
2: Well, they're screwing with the environment, chopping down trees. This guy posted a
1: freaking letter, okay, to share his story of what he's done to get back to the city that decided to cut down his 30-year-old tree.
2: This sounds like, is this guy 75 years old? I bet he handwrit this letter. He's yep. 75, and the tree's the only thing he cares about in his life.
1: I think that his the tree was a friend of his. He probably doesn't get out much, but Ooh. don't mess with a man and his tree, bro. No. Title no. of this letter, I secretly planted a giant sequoia tree in my mayor's front yard. Hi, I'm an arborist. This means I am a professional in the cultivation, management, and study of trees. I love trees. Wow. I think they're some of the most beautiful, majestic, ancient living beings on the planet. Today, I am here to tell you a story of death, new life, and
2: revenge. Wow. This sounds like a summer hit, man. Juicy. When is it coming out? Can I watch the trailer?
1: It's coming out right now. Uh, yo. Three years ago today, the City Council of Redondo Beach, California, ordered the death of my 30-year-old pepper tree. Damn. Its roots had begun to penetrate the pavement in front of my house. Sounds kind of hot. The city noticed and issued the death warrant of my tree. They furthermore made me pay for the damage to the sidewalk. And-
2: Damn, disrespectful, man. All the way around. I loved Clyde.
1: I'm beginning to get older and planting something like Wait, that he I- named it Clyde? He named the tree Clyde. <laughs>
0: don't don't laugh. What's his name? Clyde. Is this like his own name? Is God. this the same guy in Alabama who tried to marry his tree? We'll get there in a second. When does he kiss the tree? When does he like... Guys, can
1: we not make a mockery of this? This is serious. Sure. I'm no, an arborist, right. and I That's love right. my nature and trees. Let me let me respect it. So I loved Clyde. I'm beginning to get older, and planting something that I knew would live well beyond my lifetime was something very special. I get it. I took very good care of him. I drained his soil. I mm. gave him a crutch to lean on when he was a young lad, and I watched him grow. Just as Clyde was becoming a strong, healthy individual, expanding his root system, developing a canopy... And making his own way in life, the mayor took it upon himself to uproot my beautiful child.
4: What a
2: deck, dude.
1: Mayor Steve Aspel, you killed my child! Steve Asshole? For this you will pay. What's his last name? Aspel. Aspel. Two years and seven months ago, I secretly planted 45 California redwoods and 82 giant sequoias in various parks and yards and state properties around your mother-effin' city. Dude,
0: what a power play! Today,
1: each of their root systems will be at least 30 feet in diameter and deeply (laughs) embedded in the soil. You may have noticed the trees growing in front of your city council or that new one that sprouted up in your backyard. That's a giant sequoia, and its growth will begin accelerating rapidly in the coming months. This is amazing. You killed Clyde, but I have replaced him with over 100 living giants.
0: And giant they will
1: become in a few years. They'll begin breaking heights of 100 to 300 feet and live well beyond 2,500 years. That's way longer ago than Jesus was born.
2: Holy balls.
1: To remove even one of them at this point will cost well over $1,500. And I'm stiffing you with the bill. Dude, that. Just like you did to me three years ago. Good day to you, sir. May your city be overrun by trees and may Clyde rest in peace. Drop the mic. Bitch, what I'm a, Frank
2: Mason? What a brilliant I mean that's the ultimate mic drop ever. This guy could literally take over the world like like in a way, he could. He's using this to an his, his own advantage, and I get it. He's respecting the fact that he knows he could just go plant these ridiculous trees all over the world. I mean, he could probably go in this dude's living room and like figure out a way to get it planted. How long do, do you think that, that
1: took him to plant forty-five California
2: redwoods Dedication. and
1: eighty-two giant sequoias? What was he doing going out at night?
2: Had to, you know,
1: just he's he's blind. He Gotten his whole black suit he on. Probably went full his his detective his shovel, mode. His seeds. I don't even know what the hell goes into this process, but. This little dude sneaking around the whole freaking city and neighborhood. I'm amazed nobody
2: called the police on him. I was talking about a movie trailer for this thing, and now I'm dead serious. This could be a movie. It sounds juicy. This could truly be a movie. This is like a new superhero. This guy could take over the world. He could just... Plant big ass trees anywhere he wants to. Like, first of all, the guy must have superhuman strength or unbelievable tools to be able to dig like that. Because I would imagine there's a lot of digging involved in burying sycamore trees 45 times. Sequoia. Sequoia. Get excuse it right. Me, my bad. Respect you arbor. the tree. I didn't even know the term arbor. By the way, was like a tree thing.
1: I didn't either. That's until like I a new this. word. I for try me. and make this an, an educational segment. It is education because listening to us talk about sports usually makes people dumber so this, this is to try and uplift the educational and iq level of the listeners as well as ourselves
2: we need all the help we can get it's a learning
1: experience for all of us but this story just reminded me of a story that happened a few years ago and it's audio that i'm sure is very familiar to most people out there I don't know if you guys remember the uh, Alabama fan that called into the Paul Feinbaum show.
2: The crazy lady?
1: And admitted, no, this is not the crazy lady. The crazy crazy lady's great, but this is the Alabama fan. They called into the Palm, the Paul Feinbaum show, excuse me, on ESPN Radio, and admitting to killing those auburn trees, it's cut one of Let's Get Weird, Bab. This
3: year, I was at the Iron Bowl. Okay. And I saw where they put a Scam Newton jersey on Bear Bryant's statue. Okay, <laughs> and again, that's 28 years later. Okay, well, let me tell you what I did. The weekend after the Iron Bowl, I went to Auburn, Alabama, because I live 30 miles away, sure. and I poisoned the two Tumor's trees. <laughs> okay, well, that's fair. I put Spike eighty <laughs> in them. Did they die? Do what? Did they die? They're not dead yet, but they they, will they, they, they definitely will die. Is that against the, the law to poison a tree what well, do you think i care no okay i really don't okay roll down tide
1: <laughs> he is so serious so this was a ended up being a live confession on a live radio it, that Bap, do you remember this story i know you, you've got to you're well of useless information This has got to be in in the archives somewhere. Oh, my God. Do we
2: have an update on this? Like, Did the trees die? I I can
1: look up. Yeah, the trees died. They did die. Okay. Yeah, no, the trees died, and it it was a huge thing. This guy ended up going to court. He had to apologize. There's an apology out there. No, this was a huge story. I'm surprised you didn't hear about it.
2: Wow. No, I did not hear about that. Yeah,
1: so, no, he was just really pissed off about Auburn students really defaming a Bear Bryant statue, and he took it upon himself to roll the tumor's corner one of the most <laughs> famous spots at the campus of the University of Auburn, that is or Auburn a, University, just so and good. And freaking poison the trees, dude.
2: And he and he does not even care. What roll if, down tide? <laughs> you said
1: it, dog. He's, that is commitment right there, dude. We got a lot of
2: tree. Well, he's a tree hater. What's I guess. up?
1: Yeah, well, he's he's killing the trees, but man, so he, mayor he, he did some looking up of how to how, if, I how to if kill that those was things. Mayor asshole.
2: Where was this guy from? The guy who, oh, it was California. Yeah, California, and this is in Alabama. Hmm. So, I don't think related, but they're cut
1: from the same cloth. They love the trees. Roll down, Todd.
2: It's unbelievable. I mean, that's how you just talk about crazy fans. SEC football, Alabama football. I mean, you get guys that are willing to just kill trees. The environment? Believe you. Roll Tide. It doesn't get any crazier than that. Helps you breathe? We needed to live? Yeah. Go kill yourself. 1-800-Roll-Tide. Roll, uh, roll Tide. Roll
4: damn
1: Tide.
2: 1-800-KILL-YOURSELF. That's what he would say. Roll damn
0: Tide. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh,
2: man. I love some good old-fashioned tree talk, though. Nothing gets me going better than I thought than that, that. that was an
1: interesting story, and any excuse to play that audio, it's some of my favorite. It's a classic. I, I'll roll with that. So that's this edition of Let's Get Weird. I've got another story but that I'll save for next week. But
2: You're going to save it? I'm going to save it, yeah. You're going to save it, all I'm right. I'm going to save
1: it because there's a lot of juicy stuff we've got to cover content-wise because we're always giving you badass, just juicy, sexy, delicious content, rubbing on my pasty pepper nipples. That's
2: what we do. Nosebleed Seeds Seats Podcast, Zach again. Wolchuk. I'm trying to video that.
1: Eric you Follow.
0: I was not recording for that. I'm Producer disappointed.
1: Producer You should have been. You always got to be, bro. You never know when I'm going to spit out some golden drops.
0: I'll be
2: right there to catch him.
1: (laughs) And I'm pee (laughs) P-hole. Oh, no. Ball control. That's what I'm talking about. The NFL Top 100 list was announced. Eric, I know you have just been waiting on dying breath to find out the list of this beautiful... Beautiful top 10 as voted on by the NFL players themselves. Ryan Tannehill, number
2: one, or was it Jay Ajayi? Ryan no, Tannehill. Dominican number one.
1: Your favorite player of all time, Ryan Tannehill, wasn't even in the top 100. Wasn't even in the top 110. In fact, you know who number 110 was? Bullshit. she freaking Manning, baby. Really? Yeah, would you rather have Ryan Tannehill or Eli Manning?
2: Uh, give me Ryan Danny Hill for 400 there Scott
1: alright so there we go but the top 10 of this list revealed we've talked about it up to this point several times throughout the show coming in at number 10 and ranked as the third best quarterback in the National Football League coming into the 2017 season was Matty Ice Matt Ryan your NFL MVP at number nine was Le'Veon Bell eight OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. Number seven rated the Number one running back in the National Football League by his peers, the Dallas Cowboys rookie sensation,
2: Ezekiel Elliott. Ah, Zeke came in at number seven. So that means is he that? if he was ahead of Le'Veon Bell, they had him as the number one back in football.
1: They did. Did you not just listen to what I freaking said? Nope, never do. Never do, neither do I. Yes, Zeke number one, top rated back in the league. Aaron Rodgers coming in at number six, the second best quarterback in football. Khalil Mack, the All-Pro outside linebacker and defensive end of the Oakland Raiders at five, he's the second-best overall defensive player. Antonio Brown at four, the Steelers wide receiver, finishing as the number two-rated wide receiver. Number one went to Julio Julio Jones, the third overall player on this list.
2: Julio Holmes, baby.
1: Second-best player in the league is voted on by the players. Von Miller. Can't the argue Broncos. there. I mean,
2: Aaron Rodgers. If I mean, come on, but all right. And number one.
1: The reigning Super Bowl champion, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Tommy Brady, and the top-rated quarterback in the league. You're not going to get any argument for me
2: with number one. It, it ends and starts with Tom Brady. I thought you were going to say it ends and starts with Ezekiel Elliott. I think zeke How many times did you rewind that? When, whenever they got to seven and they announced Zeke, Did you? how many times did you watch it through where they were just talking about him for like two and a half minutes? I had to, man. Two and a half minutes is just sheer Zeke. No pants. Definitely no shirt. Yeah. No one else in the house. Zeke's video was was awesome. Was it? Oh yeah, and I had to watch it. They talk. They sing his praises.
1: Show some highlights. Oh, they showed a lot of highlights. Good. They showed pretty much him jumping into the Salvation Army. Oh, that was bucket. the best.
2: That was the best.
1: They showed that. I had to. It's classic. Mean, he's just his whole his
2: whole video is just Zeke, incredible. Zeke, why'd you do that? I mean, come on. I had to.
1: It's classic. And I think at the end of it, Zeke was probably pretty pretty pleased with the way his final video came out and being ranked seven. <laughs> yeah. Right, Zeke? Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, you did. You sexy little bastard.
2: Zeke, did you really, on St. Patty's Day, whip that girl's hoo-hoo out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you dog. Zeke, are you going to do that again? I had to. It's classic. Oh,
1: jeez. Love it, man. You but it's Zeke Elliott, number seven. A lot of discussion afterwards. Should he be ahead of Le'Veon Bell? I was surprised when I was watching live that he did rank higher than Le'Veon. I expected Le'Veon to be the number one back in football. You're splitting hairs. I'm a cowboy homer through and through, so I'm going to say, sure, Zeke number one. That doesn't upset me. I know Babs, a Steeler fan, but they showed on NFL Classics last night while I was working my overnight shift on the NFL Network. They had Le'Veon Bell, Steelers, against Zeke Elliott and our Dallas Cowboys for that Week 10 game that happened this year. Where the Cowboys come back, they win it. Zeke Elliott has that untouched touchdown run with nine seconds to go in the game. Cowboys steal one at Heinz Field. And it's just like, man, Zeke is a freaking stud, dude. He is just special. And they showcased his blocking ability and how he's just an overall superly, superly, superly talented football player. Can poised all hell out there. Can do it all. The knock on him is... He hasn't proven he can be an elite receiver. Le'Veon Bell has. I don't think that's not that Zeke can do it. I just think the Cowboys didn't utilize him in that format last year. He can do it all. You're splitting hairs. They're two great backs. But you're damn right. I'll put Zeke number one any day of the week, baby.
2: Yes, I know you would. And there, there's really, it's not much to argue. I mean, I was a little exactly. surprised. So don't even try. No, I'm not even going to argue. Don't it. even argue it, Eric. The only the only thing that Bell has is like oh, you said. Oh, shut your mouth. You could go put him at the slot receiver, and he could probably be the best damn slot receiver in football.
1: He is really good.
2: So he does that really well. But I mean, otherwise, yeah, I don't care who you like better. Either way, you got a phenom in your backfield who's just going to carry the load and kick some ace.
1: You have no problem with Zeke being in the top 10.
2: I have no problem with Zeke being in the top 10. Not at all. The dude's, I mean, he's unbelievable. I think we've, I don't think anybody would really have a problem with that. I have a bigger problem with, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting that you you saw that
1: list. So now going back on it, you know, obviously we want to focus a lot on Zeke because we're in Dallas. I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, Zeke's the man. But look at the rest of this top 10. You know what really stuck out at I know you're a defensive guy. There's at least two top five defenders on the list. I personally was surprised that Von Miller came in ahead of Khalil Mack. And now Von Miller might be the best pure pass rusher in football, but all around best defensive player. When you're all pro at two different positions and can do everything equally as well as Khalil Mack can, I would rate him as the best defensive player in the game.
2: Yeah, again, I think you're talking kind of about Zeke and Le'Veon Bell when you're talking about Von Miller. Well, these are and the Khalil 10 Mack. best players in the league. They're all studs. Yeah, so you're really getting nitpicky on who you'd rather have. Von Miller's, listen, he's got the Super Bowl. He's done it on the big stage, and he was. And he loves his chickens. Wasn't he the Super Bowl MVP that he year? He was. So, I mean, that's why they're going to give it to him. But, yeah, both of those guys are great. I don't have much of an issue with their top ten. I had some issues beforehand. Aaron Donald should have been probably in the top ten, this or that. But, again, I don't care too much about this stuff, so it doesn't matter. But Ezekiel Elliott definitely deserves to be – he's a top two running back. I don't think there's any – I don't think you can make a case for any other running back being better than him besides Le'Veon Bell. That's the only one you can make a case for. But if you'd rather have Zeke, hey, more power to you. You're going to win a lot of football games. What did you
1: think about coming in at 7? And then Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, discount, yeah, Where was check. he again?
2: He was at 6. I thought that yeah, was too that's, low. that's too low. Rodgers that, there, there's should be a 2. Boom, there you go. For
1: me, if you're starting a list of the top 10 players in the league, you're starting with Brady 1, Rodgers
2: 2. And I think really in this exact very moment, you're starting with Rodgers and, and then you go Brady and then... I
1: don't agree with that one, but that's fine. you're splitting hairs again. I mean, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, it's the, the, the most talented it. quarterback in the league versus the greatest quarterback of all time.
2: Other big football news... Uh, First round pick out of the Dallas Cowboys. Some big news for him today. Mm, yes, did he sign a a deal for, he did for merchandising? Sign a deal, yeah. His first name is Taco. So Taco Bueno slid in, gave him an endorsement deal.
1: Was it Bueno of Tacos?
2: It was Bueno. Does tacos. that mean good tacos? Taco Good. I think that's well Taco Good. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, good for you. Look at you, Taco Good. Wow, that's impressive. We love tacos. Well, I love tacos. Uh, bueno, I like better than Bell. Your thoughts?
1: I think the quality is probably better. I go to Taco Bell more just because it's, it's more, more convenient. Variety. It's closer it's more to convenient you. and it's cheaper. Is it cheaper? I don't know about cheaper. Uh, I think it's cheaper. I don't know about cheaper. It's All definitely you're going to get better. for a dollar at Bueno is a party burrito, party taco. If I go to Bell, my options are
2: just about endless. Endless? they have like a dollar menu kind of a thing? They do. Well, at at Bueno, they have their bean and cheese burritos are off the charts. Like if, they you, are good. if you like bean and cheese burritos, Bueno is. Head and shoulders above Taco Taco Bell's. Taco Bell's bean and cheese burritos are terrible, actually. Like, I don't think anything else from there is just god-awful. I've actually never had their bean and cheese burritos. Okay, do me a favor and just have one. I mean, it's like I'm a not dollar.
1: Gonna, if it's terrible, well, I don't want it.
2: I just want you to just see the difference because I want you to understand how much better Bueno's is. That's the, all Buenos, I would get at Bueno, by phenomenal. the way,
1: was the bean and cheese at Bueno.
2: Really? Okay. so For the most part, yeah. You don't like their quesadillas?
1: I do like their quesadillas. That would be I would probably get a chicken quesadilla along with a couple party burritos and I'd be good to go.
2: I wonder if Taco like with his endorsement deal, Taco Charlton first round pick defensive end Dallas Cowboys, he just got an endorsement deal with the with the taco bueno and you wonder if it's only four tacos or do you think he just gets to eat taco bueno anything on the menu as much have as he whatever wants. he
1: wants i'd prefer him to stay away from that i was gonna say does it
2: concern um, you yeah. Is he gonna be gorging at in this bueno? time of
1: the year I, I don't want you eating that after it's february and we've got a nice shiny vince lombardi you have hanging up there 48 hours we tie the steelers with six then uh then you can yeah you can have as many tacos as you want for the next three months Three until months. Wow. Start again. I'd
2: give him about. I'd give him a week. I give him a cheat week. I, he seems after like the Super uh, Bowl. a pretty solid
1: dude in terms of keeping up physically with his body. If it were Demarcus Lawrence, on the other hand, I think he would eat way too many tacos, probably eat himself out of the freaking league. I've
2: seen a Lacey. picture of Demarcus Lawrence before, who's another defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys, supposed to be their best pass rusher. And yeah, he looks like he's a biscuit away from maybe competing at left guard. Yeah, I think. <laughs>
1: You love saying that. That's your go-to. That's he's, my go to. That's a biscuit away yep. from being an offensive line. Darren
2: Williams is getting close. Cowboys are putting out some feelers for him. Because they got some competition there at left guard. Is that is that where you're most concerned about the Cowboys, by the way? Is it the left guard spot or is it the the pass rushing? Is it the I'm not too worried
1: about the offensive line because you've still got three all pros. And I know look, it's not to say that your opposite guard and tackle aren't important. They absolutely are. I'm not as worried about the guard spot. I think you can find somebody that can be serviceable. Worst case scenario, it's Joe Looney, who's a serviceable guy. You're putting him in between Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick. He'll find a way to be good enough to where he's not a liability. Right tackle is more of a concern, but my reports that I'm hearing are Law Collins is looking pretty good, and he should take that job.
2: Right tackle? Uh, Right tackle, yeah. Yeah, from everything I've heard is that's where he's really manned that spot throughout many camps and OTAs, and I would expect day one, in Oxnard training camp he's going to be the number one right tackle and that's just the way they're going to go with it and I don't blame them
1: speaking of running backs when we were talking about Zeke I was listening uh, I know you brought up Fishnado last week we were doing the show and I went in there to set up for the Rangers game um and was listening to some of their show even though Mike Fisher was out I think they had who was Chris Arnold was in there with five through, the through the fan yeah and they brought up who is, you know, you've got the top three running backs in whatever order you want, Zeke, Le'Veon, David Johnson. That's yeah. that's the tier. After that, who who else is there? Who's four? Who's who's your
2: top five? I mean, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't even think of LaShawn McCoy LeSean and DeMarco M- Murray. Okay, those are were, kind of who I thought of. Yeah, those are two good players. Um but the
1: guy that's the outlier for me is Marshawn Lynch. Now he's he's sat out a year, so you wonder how good he is, but that Raiders team is so exciting to me. When you think, if Marshawn Lynch
2: can, can be the, the Skittles that he was, that team is scary good. And the, the funny thing is, when he was in Seattle, Seattle never really had that good of an offensive line. Like, they still don't, and they haven't since they've had Russell Wilson, and he still made do with it. And now you go to Oakland, whom Oakland was pretty much guaranteed to be the second-best offensive line in the league last year. It was I think Dallas. they was the third. I think it was and Dallas, they, Tennessee, and Oakland. Okay, there you go. So either way, they have a solid offensive line. So you throw Marshawn Lynch back there, yeah, he could have a big year. And I just don't know how they intend on using him, if they intend on using him as an every-down back or more of a short-yardage guy, third-and-short or goal-line situations. I could see him getting a lot of short touchdown runs just because he's just almost unstoppable in those situations, especially with a good offensive line. So, yeah, that could be definitely something. I know Melvin Gordon's a young guy that showed some, showed I do some like stuff Melvin last year a lot for too. San Diego. He's he got bu- a poor running superstar. Year, but, yeah. But, but, yeah, he was good last year. Jay Ajayi, I mean, geez. That's a great point. Jay Ajayi was, he, I'm telling you, not just as a Dolphins fan. I watched every second of that season last year. He was a hell of a player. We had moments where we had a good offensive line. Where there were just so many injuries. So some games you could say, yeah, he had a really good offensive line. But dude, Jay Ajayi, I mean, he's a guy that I would totally go for in fantasy because he, there's, they look at yards after contact. I'm pretty sure he was second to Zeke, but Ajayi didn't really start getting carries until like week four, week five and he had he was like 20 yards shy of Ezekiel Elliott for the most yards after contact in the NFL so he's he just he was just so hard to bring down it could never you could never take him down with just one person And he showed good speed. I don't know. I mean, how many 200 yard? You have three 200 yard rushing games. Three 200 yards that's
1: ever been done in the
2: league. Yeah. Or well, um, I don't know if it was the only time. I think it was. I think it was with like Earl Campbell and Ricky Williams and like one other person were like the only ones to ever do it. But yeah, it was like talking some of the greatest ever do it. Super rare, exactly. And two of them were back to back. He had 200, and the next week comes out and goes Mm -hmm. for another 200. So he was a workhorse last year. Whenever he was coming out, he had some knee knee issues. So you never know when that's going to resurface again. So I'm kind of I hold out with that, but. The I mean, third if he name, stays healthy, he is freaking oh, really, really good. So you've got you got Gordon and Ajayi, the
1: third guy that I think is ready to climb up that mountain, a guy who I was surprised wasn't on the top 100 because he was the best player on this team, and he was second in the league in rushing, didn't even start for the first month of the year, Jordan Howard of the
2: Bears. Wow, another good name, another good name, and he's just in a bad position because he's a guy I don't even think about. He's not He's not a big name by any means. I bet a lot of people don't even know who he is right now. But he he was was he a rookie last year? He was, yeah. He was a rookie was. out of Indiana. I think he was, like he was a, a third round? round point. Oh, okay. He might have been. He
1: was three to five, somewhere yeah. in that area. Might have been a fifth.
2: Mid to late round running back. And yeah, he he's a good, he's a good back, and he's a young and up and comer. So there are some young guys. Uh, but I think obviously Zeke and, and Le'Veon and David Johnson, he he can be in that same stratosphere as the top three head and shoulders it's best players. It's funny though, because the first NFL time in running backs, I guess. A
1: decade, the name that we're not saying, and that used to just be boom, first first name off the tongue. Adrian Peterson.
2: AP. Well, he's kind of like Marshawn Lynch where he could. I mean, you never know. He's such a freak show of an athlete. I don't think anybody would be totally surprised if he just has an explosion year, but you haven't seen it from him in a while. So it's just hard to know. But he's definitely capable of that, especially of a couple of big games for sure. Oh, yeah.
1: The weird thing is in New Orleans, though, you've got Mark Ingram. You've got, I think it's Travaris Cadet. They use a staple of running backs there. There's never just one guy that's the guy. And I feel bad for Mark Ingram because I loved Mark Ingram dating back to his days at Alabama. For me, he wore 22, and he kind of remember, reminded me a little bit of, of Emmett Smith and his style. Just a tad, an undersized dude. Not the fastest in the world, but just a good runner. Had good vision, has good balance. He's strong. He's physical. You can tell he really cares and loves the game. So I wonder between him and Adrian Peterson, and maybe that'll be a good thing for Peterson because he doesn't have to carry the load like he had to do in Minnesota. He'll be a fresher version of himself, and when he comes in for those 15 touches a game, you'll get the best AP you can.
2: Exactly, and with Drew Brees being your quarterback and Sean Payton, the guy who airs it out all the time, you have to respect the passing game in New Orleans. So, most of the time, for the majority of his career in Minnesota, Adrian Peterson was the only guy you had to worry about on that offense, and defenses could stuff the box, and he was just good enough for it not to matter. Now, he's not good enough for it to matter, or for it not to matter, but... He's on an offense now where the defense is going to have to account for their quarterback, their receivers, and the fact that their coach is a big-play, passing, pass-happy kind of guy. So you can't just zero in on Adrian Peterson, and that's another thing that's going to benefit him. So I, I could see a big year out of him. It's just one of those things where, when I haven't seen it in a couple of years, you get long in the tooth. I mean, running backs can age overnight. We just got to see what happens. But It's, he- a,
1: it's a youthful position, and that brings me to the draft. You know, this year, we talked about some young guys. We were hyping the running backs in this draft class. We liked them a lot. We both love Christian McCaffrey with the Panthers. Leonard Fournette got taken fourth to the Jags. Dalvin Cook fell to the Vikings in the second round. Great class. Joe Mixon. A lot of really good young running backs. Do you think any of these guys immediately can come in and have that Zeke Elliott, Jordan Howard type impact?
2: Well, it's going to be tough. I mean, a Jordan, Jordan Howard type impact? Absolutely. He, he I can see that. second in the league
1: in rushing. That's unbelievable. No,
2: unbelievable. No question. Two rookies led the league in rushing last year. Yeah, pr- pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. And Bell was suspended for a couple games, but still, nonetheless, pretty awesome. And I think there are, I mean, talent wise, Fournette's good enough. Um, McCaffrey's good enough, I think. And Jacksonville's Mixon's reworked good enough that offensive line a lot. Yeah, that's the thing is just do the are they on good enough teams? Zeke just landed in such a great. Who's spot. your horse? If you had to pick a horse in that race, who's your guy? Out of the rookies, out of the rookies, give me Joe Mixon, okay? Because he's on he's on a better team. Cincinnati's fallen off a little bit. They're not they're not the cream of the crop roster wise, like they have been in years past. But still a solid team, decent team, I would say. And and he, to me, was probably the best running back, if not the second best running back in the class. Just obviously the off-field issues uh, made him drop a little bit. But I think he's in a pretty good spot. I would go Joe Mixon. I just never trust a Jaguar. I never trust uh, you know, wherever the hell else these guys went to.
1: For me, my guy's Dalvin Cook. I'm taking the Cookster. And I know he's in a battle there with Latavius Murray, who they signed from Oakland. And Latavius Murray recently was asked. NFL Network posted a story about him making comments about and his thoughts with the running back battle with Dalvin cook. And he said, this is my time. So you got two guys that are really hungry. Want that starting spot. I just think Dalvin cook provides so much for you. And his big playability is really exciting. He's just more explosive. I think that's going to allow him to win the job. And in Minnesota, that's a run first team. I mean, we, we talked about them losing Adrian Peterson. That's what they really want to do, especially with Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford is sensational play action, over the top because he's pinpoint accurate like Keen and who your boy, talked about. That's how that offense is going to succeed. You set up the run, then allow Sam Bradford to play off of that. I like Dalvin Cook for whatever reason. In my gut, it's telling me he's going to be the, uh, the flavor of the week. But all those dudes, I mean, Leonard Fournette's going to get the touches. Uh, Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield could be a sexy as hell weapon for Greg Olson. I mean, there's so much talent. And there's probably a Jordan Howard, a fifth-round dude, out there in the mix somewhere that we're, we're completely overlooking and not even thinking about that could have a ball-out
2: season. That's the thing about the running back position, and that's why teams don't value it so much, unless the guy's a freak of nature like a Zeke Elliott, like a Leonard Fournette, because you see guys like Jordan Howard who get picked mid to late round who end up being good. Jay Ajayi, same thing. It's one of those positions where you don't necessarily have to be, you know, a top end, and they like him young, like you said. I mean, it's you're only the shelf life for a running back is very short. So it's nice to have an influx of young, promising running backs amidst the handful that we already have in the league. So you're right. It's a good point by you. We may we may be looking at an era where, wow, we get a bunch of young, good running backs. I don't know if it would it would change the landscape to be going back to more running-style football like it was back in the well, day. Well, it still but benefits this
1: day. Still, they can, for sure. The impact they can make in the receiving game. Yes. Dalvin Cook's got that ability. That was McCaffrey, the question of Leonard Fournette, but I think he can do that. That's Mixon, McCaffrey's game. All these guys can catch them. the ball out of the backfield, and uh, they're really just three-down players in terms of being able to not only do that, but because it's such a spread offense, they're used to being in there and pass pro. I think that the, the one trend that people might overlook, the one benefit of this spread offense in college, running backs are having to pass for Tech now. So they, maybe that's an area of the game that running backs have just improved on, based on that style. Yeah, translating to the NFL. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: You'll probably get more, and, and because you need it. I mean, if you're running back now in the league and you can't pass protect, especially out of shotgun, we got problems. And that's you're not going to make it. That's what makes Zeke so great. And you talk about being a one or two down linebacker. Well, they have one or two down running backs in the league too. What makes you, what sets you apart, and what sets Zeke apart is he can he can block, run. Do the whole nine, same with Bell. So, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you're starting to see running backs who they've just been forced to do it longer. Now you're getting in middle school. You get spread offense. If you're a running back, you're learning how to pass protect at a a young age. So you better get good at it and good for the NFL. Now they hopefully, hopefully they pan out, but we got some young, good running backs, but I got an old guy I want to mention in the NFL, James Harrison. Yes. What about him? Did you see this video that came out? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, I don't know if he's like 44 at this point. I don't know. He's practically the oldest guy in, in football. He's still a monster. I mean, you've seen videos of him in the past, his workouts where he's lifting ridiculous weights or stuff like that. Takes unbelievable care of his body. Yeah, the dude is just an absolute rock. He's like he's like 5'10 and like 260 pounds of solid rock. Oh, yeah. Built like a brick shite house. So from time to time, you know, social media will have these different little videos of him working out, doing some, he does these like hip thrust things with like 400 oh, he's, pounds. He's thrusting. Yeah, thrusting he, he's hips. big time thrusting. It's all in the hip. Exactly. And he gets that. And well, recently, actually, just yesterday, there was this video that came out where so he's it's him and three other guys are on a sand volleyball court. Oh, I love sand volleyball. Yes, me too. And unfortunately, the bad thing is here is they're all, yeah. You know, they all naked? No, that's the unfortunate part. They're all wearing clothes. Oh. James Harrison is huge and he's bigger than all these guys that are in here, but they're all studs. Where? In the sand huge, volleyball. Huge. Oh, everywhere, top okay. to bottom, particularly mid region. They're playing volleyball two on two with a, you know what a, um, like a, uh, uh, damn it! What are they called? Condoms. Ball squats or whatever? Where or, or wall balls? Wall you balls. do wall balls where you like? It's this twenty pound ball that's kind of yes. it's kind of throw soft. them up in the air, catch you them. Squat and throw ball. them at the ball. It's not a medicine ball. It's different. It's it's a wall. It's a little it's heavier. Literally a wall ball. It's like twenty pounds. Yeah, but it's kind of cushiony. Yeah, and people do squats near a wall and throw it up to the sky. Yes. Well, not James Harrison. No. He takes this what I think is a twenty pound ball. It might be more. I, I don't. I don't want to discredit him. For all I know, it's freaking hundred pounds. But what they do is they go two on two sand volleyball, and that is what they use as their volleyball. But instead of hitting it back and forth, they just grab it and it's just playing catch with it, basically constantly grabbing it and throwing it over the net. The next guy has to catch it, and you just have to immediately catch it and throw it over. So, your so it's a workout. man competition. Yes, it's a two on two. You have you're basically holding a 25 pound ball that's pretty big. I mean, you got to wrap your arms around the thing, and you're just like throwing it. It's like a core deal. Just be, I mean, it would be exhausting to catch it and throw it right back over the net. And there's a 30-second video of him on Twitter doing this that you guys need to go look at. James Harrison, he is a freak show. And I wonder if anybody else in football is doing something like that. I think Taco Charlton is down at Bueno right now, wolfing down bean and cheese burritos because, hey, I get it. But across the street, James Harrison's at the sand volleyball pit playing with a 50-whatever-pound freaking ball. Surrounded by little kids. I mean, the guy's just a monster. 40 years old, grandpa of the league, playing volleyball with a 25-pound ball.
1: That's nuts. He's a freak. What a freak show. I love football. Him and Zeke, just two freaks. That's
2: really what it comes down to. I love football. I say all that to say,
1: I love you, football. I love you, football. We're so close. We're getting getting into July by next week. We got the fourth Kelvin up.
4: End of the month, baby. Training
1: camp is starting. I can smell it. I can smell it. NFL season right around the corner. Nosebleed Seats podcast. Zach Walchuk, Eric Chiafalo. Producer Bab on the ones and the twos. It's time now to transition to our final segment of the show where we talk UFC, we talk McGregor Mayweather, we talk a little movie news, and I want to start things off with the news of the weekend. The poo
2: news. Mm, yeah, we had another crapping incident. We had another poo incident. Well, this time it's in UFC because the last time we had a pooping in the ring incident, it was WWE. It was the big show. It was the big show, and we actually talked poop. By the way,
1: I it. Just now? No. I it in front of her. A-
2: Oh, in front of your girl!
1: I fought it in front of. Him. Oh
2: my gosh, this is breaking. One eight hundred,
1: kill yourself. That's what I felt
2: like. Is that what she said? No, she laughed her tushy off. Did she really? She we laughed both just literally. Oh, yeah.
1: We were crying, laughing.
2: Was it uh, intentional, or did it surprise you?
1: Um, I'll tell
2: you what, I it, I could feel it coming on
1: for a while. So you knew it was going to happen, and and at didn't one know point, when. I didn't know when. And at one point, I thought it was about to happen. And I just said something. I said, "You know what." I'm just gonna do it. I'm just. I, you I gotta voice fart, that out loud? I just voiced it out loud. Wow, where were y'all? Um, we were at her apartment. Mm. So we were just hanging out, just hanging, and I could just feel it coming. And I, <laughs> and I, yeah, not in a good way either. <laughs> I just said, "Hey, I'm just being honest." And then, boom, you just let it out boom. all over. No, and and, and I kind of was trying to, but it wasn't ready to come out then. And then a little bit later on, we were talking about something. And and you laugh? Boom, it erupted. But it wasn't was uh it loud? It was loud and it sounded wet.
2: Oh, that's the worst. How, but but did it smell? Because that's no, what it really didn't kills smell. you. Because it if didn't it's just smell. the sound, you can kind of laugh it off, forget about it. There's nothing lingering.
1: Once we got done laughing, nobody said anything. It happened, it bust out laughing, crying for about a couple minutes, a little bit of embarrassment, but I feel like we bonded over the moment. She asked me uh if I needed to go to the bathroom after that and and why? And did you? No. You just let it sit in there. It just no. You I just washed it out later. It just sounded
2: worse than it was.
1: It. it sounded a lot worse than it
2: was. Listen, man, I'm proud. I of couldn't you for have just done any more. Next step. Honestly, perfectly. was that like? Do you think it was our encouragement? I think last it was an icebreaker, man. I think it was your encouragement that, that brought you to be able to make that decision. And
1: I know she listened to it, and I think that her listening to it. I think that's my go-to now, guys. Oh, she listens to the show? I think, well, I, she listened to that, you know, because I, I told her we her talked about it. it. So hey, so baby, she, go listen to she this. She just Here's listened my to thoughts. that very little snippet.
2: Honestly, if we need to be the message to get the hard, you know, the hard conversations, if we need to have them here, and then she just goes back and listens so you don't have to actually talk about them with her, maybe that's just... Maybe that's a great move. A safe
1: space. I think it's the best way to to get out. You just come here, let everything. your feelings
2: out, your honest feelings. Then you say, baby, go take a listen. And yeah, then, just, this is the way it is. I don't know how to express my feelings to you. Except
1: in podcast. So listen. Only podcast form. And that's the beauty of podcasts. Because I know you can afford to listen to it, so you might as well. Exactly, because everybody can. Everybody can. Even though it smells
2: awful. It didn't smell, though. No, right now. I'm talking about right now. Oh, when happened? Yeah. did you? No, you did. No, I, I saw your face. I do. I feel one coming
1: on. I haven't yet. I was gonna say, I it's see it. It's probably Bab. He's he's. We know him. Well, without
2: any pants stay on. In your lane. <laughs> the problem is with Bab, he doesn't have any pants on. So when he lets it go, there's just nothing containing. There's it's just out and
4: floating.
1: Was it you, particles everywhere. Yeah, stay was, in your lane. It was Bab. So this UFC event happened. Uh, it was UFC Fight Night in Oklahoma City over the weekend, and Felice Herrig uh, was fighting. I heard a, they
2: really dookied it out.
1: Yeah. She was in a three-round fight on the main card against um, Justine Lynch, I want to say was her name. And pretty much, uh, it was Justine Kish, excuse me. So it's Felice Herrig and Justine Kish, and they're in a strawweight belt. And it's a good fight. I mean, it's it's a three-round war. Felice Herrig's pretty much dominated this thing, and she's got a real good choke in. And all of a sudden, you notice a little bit of coloring on the mat that doesn't look bloody, And it really looks like poo smearing on the mat. Hate when that happens. She's trying to get out of a choke. Fleesh Harry has the choke in. It's under the neck. She's got it good. The hooks are in. And I don't know how Justine Kish was able to fight out of it, but she slides out. And then as soon as she rolls over, you notice on the canvas. Did you hear it? There's a bit of a poo smearing. Oh. And afterwards, Justine Kish just straight up owned it on Twitter. She tweeted, I am a warrior and I will never quit, hashtag shit happens, ha ha, be back soon.
2: She should have said, I am a warrior, and I will never shit.
1: She owned it, and Felice Herrig was on with TMZ on a Skype interview, who was her opponent who ended up winning the fight by unanimous
2: decision. So the girl who crapped herself also lost the fight. She
1: lost the fight. Did it get any worse? I mean, she crapped herself because she was getting choked out. I don't know how the hell she ended up going to sleep. You
2: literally choked me so hard I crapped myself. Yes. Fight or flight, dump all the excess weight
0: and go. Get it
2: out. And she was ready to fight. How so... do we know she didn't die for just a second? Because don't you crap yourself when you die? I don't know. Is, does that happen? You like lose. From, all... from what I hear, it I'm does. no expert on death and dying, but well, whenever I you hear. You certainly
1: w- want people to go and, <laughs> and become experts. 1 800, baby.
2: Listen, if uh, I'm pretty sure the way it goes with when you die, your body just kind of like relaxes and releases everything. And more often than not, you crap yourself and potentially pee yourself. Maybe she did. So she maybe maybe she died for just a, a quick second, woke back up, lost the fight, crapped herself. That is the worst way to wake up. That's the worst coma ever. It was a short coma, and it was the worst one. Well, TMZ asked, caught up with Felicia Herrig afterwards. So this is the girl who won. So this is the girl is who got girl crapped who on, basically. So she
1: got, she got just about crapped on, and uh, this is what she had to say.
3: so hard because I don't want to talk shit.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Literally. I mean, um, uh, I did, no, <laughs> I don't know. This is really hard. I really like Justine. Justine and I were cool, we're friends. And I, I feel like if I was in this position, I wouldn't want people like talking about it and, and like making fun of me. Cause you know, like MMA fans are relentless they're ruthless. And I don't know if that happened to me, I honestly, I wouldn't want to show my face ever again. I probably wouldn't want to fight ever again. And I just. You know, I know Justine's making light of it. She made a funny tweet about it, saying like "shit happens." But <laughs> I, I, I feel like I just can't even talk about it. Sorry. <laughs> no, that that's totally fine. I thought she handled it well. Like you said, she made a joke about it. What else can you do? I mean, it's it, it happened. I she said, hand- that shit happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. I mean, it happens. Just chalk it up to it happened.
1: I want to know what Zeke would say. How do you think Zeke? If you had to poop, I mean, I feel like, like, I feel you think like Zeke would do that. I had to. It's
2: classic. That's exactly how he would respond.
1: Man. Yeah, no, I think that both parties handled it well. Every once in a while, you're, you're in the heat of battle. You just you crap yourself. It happens, man. The rest of that oh Oklahoma City God card was a good one. The main event was between Kevin Lee and Michael Kiesa. Kiesa, excuse me. Ended up being a bit of a controversial finish. Early in round one, Kevin Lee comes out. More poop. And he was dominating Michael Kiesa. So he gets a rear naked choke in. And Mario Yamasaki, the referee, comes in. There's no tap. Michael Chiesa is not unconscious yet, but he comes in and stops the fight. It was a premature stoppage. Uh, Dana White came out, ripped Mario Yamasaki on Twitter, saying it was a terrible early stoppage. You can tell though in his defense, and, and I agree,
0: you need to wait. wait. So the owner of the UFC is allowed to rip their officials on well, Twitter? They don't pay them.
1: So what? They, oh. they, they're they're city they're by state by state regulated officials. The referees, the commission of mixed martial arts or the whatever it is the fighting commission of that of Vegas of Oklahoma City I'm pretty sure they're in charge of having the referees I don't think the UFC necessarily gets to pick and hire the the referees so I, I
2: could be wrong I got to say though man if I just knew nothing about fighting or UFC in general and you told me hey there's going right now there's about to be a rear naked choke and then you told me what happens next I'd say Someone craps themselves. Some,
1: well, this, this is going to
2: end in someone pooping themselves.
1: Both individuals were able to withhold their poo, no pooping, even in the rear naked. But Michael Chiesa was livid afterwards. Uh, immediately, as soon as the stoppage happens, Kevin Lee lets go. He sits up on his knees, complaining to Mario Yamasaki. "I never tapped. I never tapped. He never did tap." Now I will I just say, pooped. I didn't tap. His, his arms pooped. are going limp. You can tell. It looks like his eyes. He's about to pass out. I think if if. The fight wasn't stopped then. Give it another 5, 10 seconds. He, definitely he was going night-night. He was going night-night, oh. and he might have pooed. So we'll see if they run that fight back, whatever happens. Co-main event, Tim Boach defeated uh, Fort Worth's own Johnny Biggerig Hendricks, former welterweight world champion. He's moved up fighting middleweight at 185, 15 pounds heavier. Still couldn't make weight. Weighed in at 188. Uh, I love you, Johnny Hendricks. You've been phenomenal in your career, but I think it might be time to hang it up. Police Eric defeated Justine Kish, as we already talked about, and Dominique Reyes, a name UFC fans to keep in mind, making his UFC debut, defeated Joachim Christiansen in 29 seconds in the first round. Absolutely mauled him, got on top, nasty ground and pound. Dominique Reyes, an exciting fighter to watch. So that is, and Tim Means defeated Alex Garcia.
2: I don't know, Walter. I, I gotta decision. say, the more I think about this, I think you just you never want to crap where you fight. No, I mean, right? Can we just chalk it up? You You never never want to crap where you fight. You never do. And when are they going to learn?
1: I don't know when they're going to learn. Next UFC event um, will happen on July 7th. It's the Ultimate Fighter finale. So the KO main event will be that Ultimate Fighter finale. And the main event will be uh, Michael Johnson versus Justin Gaeth, I think is his last name. He's also making his UFC uh, premiere. He's going to be, you know comes in with with quite a little bit of uh, upside to him. He's an exciting fighter. I'm excited to get to watch him. So that's the next event for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. While their star, Conor McGregor takes a leave of absence to look ahead and fight Floyd Money Mayweather and his head coach John Cavanaugh went on the MMA Hour with Ariel Helwani and talked about their prep for fighting Floyd Mayweather. Have they noticed any openings? Are they feeling confident? What's going on? So, cut to their bab, John Kavanaugh, with Ariel Helwani talking about Conor's prep for Floyd.
4: I think we, we we keep our cards a little bit okay. close to our chest for this one. All right. Um, I'll I'll do my I'll do my usual uh, Monday before. I look forward. Uh, drop in with you. Um, at that stage, it's too late for anybody to do anything anyway. So, I'll give you more sound predictions, Dan. Uh, uh, for now, we're 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 playing around, we're experimenting. There's some things um, Mayweather does. Uh, I mean, obviously we're we're talking about one of uh, one of boxing's all time greatest. Um, but there's also some things that there's openings. Mm. So as uh, as Dana White has posted up a few clips, uh, nobody's perfect. Everybody can get hit, and uh, we're just looking to make those openings happen more often than they usually do
2: is it the best case scenario for you and Connor and the team that the world, like you have these boxing insiders and journalists and analysts who are coming out definitively, like they've already seen the fight that he's going to get knocked out, that he's going to get smoked, that he's going to get embarrassed. I feel like that's the best case scenario for you guys. Like that's when you really thrive. Do you feel the same?
4: Yes, I do. Um, You know, we're, we're still, of, of course, things have gotten a bit louder over the years. You've been you've been chatting to, to me and to Goner since before it all started. Um, and you see that, okay, things are getting... Uh, obviously, things have, have gone pretty well, but we're still quite a close-knit team. We're still... The mentality of being from a small island versus the rest of the world. And we've always done best when everybody is just um, mocking the idea of, a, of an unknown Dublin guy saying he's going to... Take on the whole UFC roster and and, and win the belt, and um, so those those challenges seem to bind us even closer than we already are, and um, I, I'm really seeing that spirit being lit up in the team. That it's it always there, but for for whatever reason, because because we're being laughed at, because we're being mocked, it's it's making us even stronger, um, and even even messages from the mma community that would i wouldn't have much dealings with telling us they're behind us and they're excited about it it's it's somewhat boxing versus mma as well uh, in a, in, a, in a smaller sense so it's yeah, we we're, we're very proud to be carrying to be carrying that torch and like i said um the, the mood in the camp is one of ready to see a lot of jaws drop on the night
1: I'm excited, and Connor's posted pictures sparring in the new gym that they've put next to their old training facility next door. He's going in there. They've got a boxing ring. He's flown in some big name names to box. Big name names. Big name names. They're keeping it under wraps, but apparently, he's got some big names trading with him. He's looking good. Coach Kavanaugh said he thinks in three weeks he'll be he'll be ready to go, and they feel pretty confident about the
2: fight. If you say so, man. I, I don't. I don't know. Whole
1: world's gonna eat their words. Hopefully, the whole world. The whole world's going to eat their words. Roll damn tide. Roll damn tide, baby. Uh, a former heavyweight boxing world champion weighed in and gave his selection on uh, what he thinks is going to happen with this Conor mcgregor Floyd Mayweather fight. Good old Tyson Fury was caught, and uh, he had this to say
2: regarding his thoughts. Mikey T? Um, I think Conor McGregor knocked knock him out in the first 35 seconds, like he done to Josie Aldo, to be honest.
4: I'm guessing you will be back now with while lot of on in the bookies.
2: Yeah. I think McGregor will do him inside one round. Come on, McGregor.
4: Tyson. Really. Be good for
3: boxing that though, wanna have McGregor tend him. <laughs>
4: I don't know if it'd be great for boxing. Oh, it'd be great for boxing. Great I for think. UFC, but
3: It'd be great
1: for the real people of the world. Yeah. Why? The real people, we gotta pull that bad. We do it get for the, the real ones. Come man. on, McGregor. Do it with a real one. We need ones. that. We need that. Make sure you get that. Because I'm gonna hate you for life. Don't do it for the fake ones. Tyson Fury, he knows, baby Manny Pacquiao. Then on the other side, I didn't get him talking because Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao speaking English is not not something that I think is pleasing to the ears. But he he thinks it's going to be a joke. Shots fired, of course.
2: Manny Pacquiao. He
1: thinks the fight might be boring, which is ironic coming from Manny Pacquiao. Oh, he knows
2: uh, <laughs> plenty about a boring fight.
1: Yeah, he knows, but I don't think. Well, we'll see. I know you got into a heated exchanged prior to the show with your brother, Anthony, I actually huh?
2: did. It's funny because I haven't even got this passionate on the show about this fight, but him and I went back and forth because my, my older brother, Anthony, stopped by my apartment this evening, and Corey, friend of the show, been on. We know Corey he's Allison, an MMA yeah. guy, yeah. Well, the two of them, Corey's taking them to an open gym jujitsu thing tonight, so they're going to go roll around and get sweaty together. Mm. Uh, it's going to be great. Sounds I'm, I'm kind of bummed I'm missing out on it, but, you know, we, we got other nights, so... Uh, they're going to do that but before they left we were talking about we were talking about the show and talking about Floyd and McGregor and what's going to happen and all this stuff and my brother was saying that it, it seemed likely in his opinion that McGregor could be knocked out by Floyd. What? And it just I don't say what? Yeah, Stay I don't in know. Your Bitch, I'm Frank Mason. Exactly. That's what I that's what I should have told him. Bitch, I'm Frank and he would have probably understood it and moved on. But we, we got in a heated disca- uh, discussion about it. And he- you were like, no, there's no way. Connor's going to knock out Floyd. No, well, what I was saying is... Wait, it, wait, wait, what? What I'm saying... Hold on. You didn't say that. There's two options. And you co-host a show with me? The only things that can Zach happen... Zach
1: Wolchuk, by the way, knows lead Seats
2: podcaster. And Frank. Don't forget about Frank. Can't forget Frank. Yeah. But Anthony thinks that McGregor has... a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> has a good chance of getting knocked out by Floyd. And if I'm not mistaken, has Floyd ever knocked anyone out in these main... I think it was a decade ago, maybe even two decades ago, and it was a cheap shot. Okay, so whatever it was, he's got like one on his resume. So Floyd just doesn't knock people out. He doesn't knock people out. So I was telling Anthony, I think the only two things that are going to happen is either Floyd does get... Or, I mean, Floyd ends up just not getting hit like he usually does and winning by decision at the end. And both of them don't even look like they were just in a fight by the end. Or... McGregor catches one, maybe a lucky one, whatever you want to call it, maybe a left hook, and knocks Floyd out. Those are the only two options that this fight can well, That's what's going to happen. Right? Okay, well, maybe. I wasn't even making that argument. I'm just saying I don't think Floyd can knock out McGregor. I don't think McGregor's going to be knocked out by a guy like that. I've seen McGregor take beating after beating for five rounds against Nate Diaz and not tap out, not fall down, not none of that. So why would Floyd do that?
1: Couldn't agree more, and we've okay. said the same thing here on the show. It's either going to go, Conor's going to get that left, and it's probably going to be early, or Floyd's going to dance around and outpoint him and win in the decision.
2: And again, I don't even know that much about fighting, but for just from what I know about Floyd, he doesn't knock people out. I've seen him fight once again in the Manny Pacquiao fight, and he just doesn't even really punch that much. It's mostly, if he does, it's barely touching, and he's mostly just trying to avoid you. And he yes. wins by that, and that's yes. what makes him so great. But he's not going to be the, the guy who's trying to knock anybody out. No. It's just not going to happen. So that's my two cents on that, but I, I don't necessarily... The thing about it, and my but, and it might have been Anthony making this point. It should be. It's either going to be a really, really boring fight, or it could just be great because in, you're on pins and needles the whole time because you never know if McGregor can throw that one punch yes. that can end the whole. You're thing. on eggshells because it could happen in the blink of an eye. But it could also be a slow-burning 12-round or whatever fight, and it goes the distance. We'll and it's know. Boring.
1: We'll know early
2: on. I think See, it, that's the thing. I don't know because at any point McGregor or McGregor can land one. But
1: it's going to be. It's going to ex- exactly. But I think if Connor's going to do it. It's going to be fairly early. He's going to have to get in there and get a feel for Floyd's timing. That's going to be the key. I don't think it'll happen necessarily in 35 seconds, but I think going into round two, it'll be really, really interesting. I think the first round is going to be a big feeling out process. And then round two, Connor famously has said, precision beats power, timing beats speed. Once he can figure out the timing and the precision down of how Floyd works, that's when he's going to have the opportunity opening. If he doesn't do it early on, I think it's going to come down to Floyd's just, he's a technician. And maybe it's we his can territory wait, but I, gonna... I I think that ultimately, if it doesn't happen within the first four or five rounds, it's probably going to be one of those where, yeah, all right, this is going to a decision, damn it, but Floyd's probably going to pull it out.
2: And that's why I don't know that I would pay for it. It's going to be somewhere I'm going to I'm gonna probably end up going over to your place and watching it yeah. for free. Um, I'll
1: definitely charge you a cover. I'll bring some
2: chips <clears throat> or something.
1: You better bring more than that. Roll down tide. Let's talk about the uh, weekend box office. Transformers. The last night. I know you were so excited. Did you see it?
2: Huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, I know you did, right? What? What,
1: What'd you think? Transformers? Huh? Huh? I saw. Listen, I saw the. You mean the two thousand seven movie? Transformers sixty
2: nine. I was going to say I saw the first seventeen and then I stopped. Well, the last night I stopped at thirty eight when they turned Shia LaBeouf into Mark Wahlberg and Megan Fox into someone who's less than. I said, "Uh, "Oh, that's where you quit." That's going to be a no for me. Apparently,
1: Bumblebee talks in this one. Does that perk
2: you up a little bit? Uh, No, no, not even in the slightest. When
0: they, I tapped out when they decided a good replacement for a storyline would be guns. Okay, and And that's about the time I cracked.
2: That
1: is fair. I won't argue (laughs) with that. I did not go see it either. It opened to a career low for the franchise, forty-four point seven million over the weekend. It opened on a Wednesday, so. That total's a little bit skewed. I think overall it opened to, like, 70 mil for the five-day total. Got to open
2: on a thirsty Thursday,
4: man. But, uh,
1: nah, nah, nah. Uh, Overall, I think it's made a killing overseas because it always does, especially in China. They love that
0: crap Not not a success
1: here domestically. Wonder Woman adding another 24.9 mil to its total. Cars 3 coming in at number 3 with 24.1 mil. Eric's movie of the summer, 47 meters down. Coming in just over 7 mil. Deep. I thought it was
2: deep. 47 meters deep? Nope.
1: Down. And The Mummy coming in at number 5 to round out the top 5 with just a shade over 6 mil. Opening this weekend, Despicable Me 3.
2: Ah, I think I saw the first one. Not sure I saw the second one. Don't remember much, but I know people love it. Mm, I like the first one.
1: Did not like the second one. The House comes out, which is an R-rated comedy. With Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler.
2: Oh yeah, I did. I, I'm curious about that one. I am too. I, mean, I think there's a very good chance it could be not funny. You don't think it'll be funny? I, it's not that. I Are don't you a Will Ferrell guy? I'm kind of. I'm. I'm hot and cold on him. I agree. You know, with sometimes you. he doesn't really make me laugh, and other times, like in man or you know the old schools things like that. Yeah, he's brilliant. Step he's Brothers.
1: The same in everything. He's overly stupid. But it works like for talent, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Talladega nights it works. Yeah.
2: Stepbrothers it's it kind of the mood I'm into. Sometimes he can rub me the right way and, and life is good.
1: Baby driver. Also comes out oh, this week, which I'm pretty, pretty dope. excited I'm actually, about. Yeah, that actually. looks Hell pretty yeah, hell yeah. We should go check that one out. I'm pretty stoked. Uh, baby Driver. It's nothing Ed, like you're it sounds. Right. No, nothing you like it your sounds. You're right
2: to like baby geniuses, or something like that. No, it has nothing to do with babies. Even no infants. No, I don't think there's an do. infant in the think, cast.
1: It's R, and I think it's going to be a hard R. Mm. So I wouldn't even take the babies to see it. Cool. And I'll uh, leave her at home then. Do you know who Daniel Day Lewis is?
2: Yes, he, Dirty
1: Abraham Lincoln. He played Lincoln, he won an Oscar for that. He was also The Butcher in Gangs of New York. Martin Scorsese's Gangs of New York he's, with Leonardo DiCaprio.
2: He's famous for being what they call like a method actor where yes, he really exactly. gets into the character and Damn, lives I'm like of you that. Damn, proud for character. knowing this yeah, right now. Yeah, I do yeah. know that.
0: He like declines like an ab- abnormal amount of roles, doesn't he? He's he picking- he wants to like he wants to, he to be the in the character. Well, yeah. he
1: literally becomes that character. I mean, yeah. So he, he walks like, every day. I was going to say twenty four like, seven. He he is Abraham Lincoln, like prepping for Lincoln, until that finished filming. He is Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. He was the butcher. Uh, he was whoever his character was in Last of the Mohicans. What he won another Oscar for? Like yeah.
2: he he becomes not himself anymore. He's not Daniel he Day Lewis. He refers to himself as whatever the character he is, and that's how he conducts himself for months leading up to the shooting and I think throughout the whole shooting of just about every movie he does like this guy's insane
1: yeah no and he's he's a phenomenal actor he's got one more movie coming out but after that that as of today will be the last time we see Daniel Day-Lewis in a film he is retiring from
0: acting didn't Spielberg have to talk him out of retiring like back in the Early two thousands or something. Yes, like that I think as well. you're right.
1: I think he did have a uh, a bit of a midlife crisis there, where he decided I don't know if I want to do this. And then Spielberg. Did oh bring no, him back.
0: that was it because he was working as a cobbler. I think it was Martin Scorsese actually, or was it Scorsese for Gangs of New York? Okay, yeah, because he that was came like 02. because repa- like he was like repairing shoes or yes. something.
1: He's an he's a weird guy like that. He, I mean, he's he's a little off. And I, look, if if a method actor man, that kind of acting, it seems like it, it takes a strain on your relationships. And he's married. Uh, and it's got to be just, it's crazy to go back to, you kind of lose who you are in a sense.
2: Yeah, you could probably lose your identity a little bit. Can you imagine being married to someone who just for now, for six months, is going to come home and be Abraham Lincoln? God bless. This what happened. Yes. I think I married a guy named Daniel. Now I'm married to the 14th president. Unbelievable. Did I get that right? Yep. Yep. 14? 14. Damn, I'm good. Abraham! I was, I was back and forth no, between you 14 and 16 that whole no, time. No, you didn't. I got it wrong, dude. I think I? it's sixteen, hold on. A second. 14, I'm going fourteen and sixteen. I'm I know it's an even number right there in the teens. I knew he wasn't the first president. Give it to me, Bab. Sixteen. Damn it. Son of a gun. All right, I was
1: close. Matt Reeves, who is the director of the Planet of the Apes series, the new one that's been really good. Now War of the Planet of the Apes comes out James later Franco, in July. That jazz? Yes, that one. So uh he's he's directed those which have been outstanding. He's now going to direct the new Batman film. And he's come out. Early talks are saying he's going to make it more of a detective-driven version. It's going to be more of Batman doing his detective kind of I want Batman kicking ace. I'm sure that he will, but I- I'm excited. I think him coming on to direct this film could be a big benefit, a big win for DC. I was nervous about Ben Affleck doing too much starring and directing, and there's a lot of people that aren't a fan of Affleck, at least getting some fresh blood on the director's chair, I think is needed. I'm the Batman. I am the Batman. Great, great Batman voice, Bab. That was good. You are the Batman. <laughs> I am the Batman. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. So that pretty much does it then. For episode twenty-one, we've talked NBA, we've talked quick puck, we got into the NHL, Talk- we talked about poop and farting in the UFC and Connor and Floyd, and and now we just wrapped it up with with the movie. Don't Stitch. forget about Frank Mason, you jerk. I can never forget Frank. It's been an, an incredible show. I hope all of you have enjoyed it. We'll be back for episode 22, which will be a very the, specially themed
2: episode. Yeah, we do have some some fun stuff coming along. It's going to be special. Just episode
1: 22, put two and two together, people. Put two and two together. Catch 22 in the NFL realm of things. Maybe the greatest of all time.
2: Maybe. Personal favorite of mine. Hard maybe.
1: That's for sure. Hardy ER.
2: Thanks to Nick Nepic. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you always to Susanna and Deja S and D Media for coordinating awesome stuff on our Twitter at Nosebleed Pod, on our Facebook page, Nosebleed Seats Podcast, on our website, Nosebleed Radio. Nosebleed Seats, excuse me, NosebleedSeatsRadio.com, radio dot Our Insta. NBS pod. NBS pod. Cast? I don't know. So we try and uh, slowly take over the world here. Hit us up on all those formats. As always, subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing because we love you. Because you're a nosebleed for life. And we care about you. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of the week. We'll be back next week for episode 22. Happy 4th. Be safe if we don't talk to you before then. Hugs and bounce, everybody. Come poised.
3: Roll down tide.